Yep. And it's a circular formation, uh, create a sphere around the plane. And then the orientation changes when it gets to the clouds and it becomes a ring formation as well. Yeah. It seems to show clear purpose. And then when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. In a few seconds, you would see this uh, zap occur, which accurately illuminates these very detailed volumetric clouds. This zap with accurately illuminating these clouds is, is one that of the most. Where are the low value men? Like, what are what are all the low value men up to during these trying times? Because the high value men, they, I know they're around. They won't shut the fuck up. Low value men, I have not heard a word out of. I'm starting to think I'm on their side. I think I want one of those. I want a low value man they don't make podcasts i haven't seen one low value man make a podcast do they not know how to use microphones maybe that's a good thing that's that's hot all right i haven't seen i've never seen a man use a microphone for good until now everybody buckle up it's low value mail time with your host danny polishchuk Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to an all-new episode of Low Value Mail, possibly the last episode of 2023. We might have an episode next week. We might not. I might have a comedy, stand-up comedy show. But uh, if this is the last episode, if this is the last episode ever, God damn it, do we have a banger for you. Everybody, hop in the chat. We have... Joining us on episode 89 of Low Value Mail on this December 19th, 2023, the year of our Lord, Ashton Forbes. None other than Ashton Forbes. This guy has been all over my fucking Twitter for weeks and weeks. Um, I I cannot. I've been pumped to talk to him about this. Some of you were maybe just over uh, checking out his. He was doing a live stream just before this. If you don't know who he is, he's an independent journalist. He's been covering uh, the... The situation involving Malaysian flight MH370, which mysteriously disappeared in 2014. And he is going to be coming to join us in a, just a couple minutes. Um, and we're going to have a good time. And we're going to, because I got a shit ton of questions. Okay, before I get started, please like the stream, subscribe to this channel. Uh, if, if you would be so kind. Uh, tell a friend if you like the show. If you want to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash low value mail. You can also uh, you can also become a YouTube channel member. Gives you all sorts of things. 
everything you get for the Patreon, you get these dumbass emojis. Um, also, slight change that I'm doing to the show going forward because I, I uh, met with some guy today who's like this YouTube expert guy. So going forward, the live streams, the moment they're done. By the way, if if you've never seen a Crossing Streams, an episode of Crossing Streams where I watch these zero view live streams randomly at nights, subscribe to the channel just for that because last night was absolutely one of the funniest fucking things of all time. Anybody who's in the chat right now who watched me interact with this guy dressed as a French maid can attest it was absolutely hilarious. Um, but anyway, so going forward, the live streams, once they end, uh, they will be going private and then the episode will air as its own video uh, the following day at around like 11 a.m. I think I'm going to do it 11 a.m. or noon, probably just like 11 a.m. So anyways, if you miss live streams and you're like, and then they're not up and you're like, what the hell happened? You just got to wait to the following day. Uh, so that's all you need to know. And I'm going to try and remember to give away, I'm going to give away a couple YouTube mem channel memberships tonight. I always try and remember and then I forget because I get so caught up in the show. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and remember to do that tonight and, uh, spam the chat. If I forget, I guess, I don't know. Try to do that. Um, new episode of the bathhouse tomorrow night, 10 30 PM. If you've ever caught an episode of the bathhouse, it's a live call-in show live from the stand comedy club green room in New York city. It's four comedians. We sit around the table. You call in, we hang up on you sometimes talk shit. Uh, it's a fun time. So go check that out. And also please go follow my new Instagram. Um, Danny jokes, 2.0 uh they nuked danny jokes it wasn't 1.0 it was just danny jokes i don't know if i'll ever get it back i'm very upset about it uh it really sucks it's a conspiracy all of its own i guess you could say um so please please do that and uh that is all i want to get to so without further ado hold on how do i do this again um, man, I wish, oh, yeah, we do that, and then we do this, and then we do this, and bang, Aston Forbes bang. with us. Hello, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Danny, doing great, man. How are you doing tonight? Excellent. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I'm going to turn on my yeah. mic like a little bit. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I, I've been uh, looking forward to talking to you for the past couple weeks. You've been, obviously been uh, very busy. You're, 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 you're everywhere. Unlike that plane, which <laughs> which is nowhere, huh? Which is nowhere, yeah. or is it? Where yeah. is it? Where indeed? Yeah, I wish. Okay, I knew actually, the you know what? That. So before before we get started, because I actually queued sure. this up so that I could do this, and before I fuck this up and close this thing. So for people who don't know, just a quick, just give us a quick little introduction of who you are and what what you're here for for the people who don't know you. Uh, yes. So my name is Ashton Forbes. I am uh, the organizer of MH370X. This is an investigative team of volunteers that have been looking into the two MH370 videos that reemerged on social media back in August. So it's been slightly over four months that we've been looking into these videos. And we the goal here has essentially been to try to solve the mystery of MH370 uh, using the videos, uh, which are two videos that are in perfect synchronization with one another. It appear to show the plane disappearing from space time. So we have been trying to figure out exactly what these videos mean, what they show from the scientific perspective, if they are in fact real, and that what, you know, what really happened to this plane. From an investigative standpoint, we believe that we are uncovering potentially one of the largest conspiracies of all time. Uh, we believe that we can explain uh, you know, why this plane didn't crash into the ocean, what the real events are of the plane in terms of a lithium ion battery fire emergency event. 
Um, even the people that are implicated and potentially the person even are leaked the, the videos. The lithium. Um, so we've done, I think, more investigative research than all of mainstream media combined over the past four months. And uh, we've definitely uh, found more evidence and clues than all the investigators to date. Um, and so I actually yeah, have right. the I have this video queued up. So the official story, and I watched the there's a Netflix documentary, mm -hmm. which obviously yep. uh, I'm sure maybe some people have seen. Essentially, so essentially the uh, current story that's the or whatever the accepted like if all your videos have a Wikipedia thing on them, which this will also get. <laughs> It's probably, a badge of, badge of honor, isn't it? Yeah, I've yeah, also right. had the uh, I, results dude, changing I, quickly happen to me as well. A lot of my podcasts have that uh, of, of this show. But so the official narrative is what they're saying is that yeah. essentially what? The pilot was trying to commit suicide and he just took, flew the plane, turned off all the equipment, took a hard left and just flew it until the thing ran out of gas. Is that about right? So there, honestly, people don't even understand this much, which is that the official story from the officials is that they don't know what happened to the plane. What you're talking about is just a narrative that's been put out there. There's nobody that, who actually the, supports that's that. That's like narrative. what the Wikipedia narrative is. Yeah, that's if you yeah. were to look at probably Wikipedia or people that pretend to be experts that aren't really experts on anything. They, those are the people that will say, oh, it's a pilot to suicide, which makes literally no sense whatsoever. There's actually no evidence at all of pilot suicide. None at all. Okay. Um, for, yeah, from ahead, the, but yeah, but what they say is that this plane went to the South China Sea, turned around, went back over Malaysia, went through the Andaman Sea in the Straits of Malacca, gets to the Nicobar Islands where we think our videos happen. And then it turns into the South Indian Ocean at the same time and location. We think the videos happen and then goes on a six hour joyride in the South Indian Ocean until it runs out of fuel where there's nowhere else to go and crashes into the ocean. Right. Gotcha. Now, right away, the main problem is, and, and I'll let you talk right after this, is that there's no debris field found. You can't have a 777 crashing into the ocean without leaving a giant debris field visible from space. Just earlier today, we were looking at multiple videos of a controlled descent plane ripping apart to pieces, as well as another smaller plane where there's just a huge debris field where they found just huge nets full of debris, right? Um, so that's where immediately these narratives begin to fall apart. Okay. And so I have... Uh, and so your videos, you have two different, there's two different videos. Who, where are these videos taken from? Yeah. So the two videos were found on the Wayback machine on the internet archives dating back to 2014. A YouTube channel has been deleted that they were posted on the dates on the first video, which is what we call our satellite video. It says satellite video airliner and UFOs has a received date in the description of March 12th, 2014, which if this is true, pretty much pr proves the videos to be real because four days is not enough to even probably begin to develop a storyboard, let alone to do everything that would be required to fabricate these videos. But it's and not that, it uploaded. Was, sorry, it was on the March 8th was when the crash happened? Yes. March okay. 7th or March 8th, at, well, I guess depends on which time zone you're in, but generally sure. it's uh, accepted to be March 8th at 8 in the morning. They claim this plane slowly drifted and crashed into the ocean. Um, the upload date, though, on it says published May 19th, 2014. So this widens the date, the gap. So I don't want people out there saying that you only have four days. You only have four days if you believe that Regicide is telling the truth on when they received the video or when they found the video. Um, otherwise, the date is May 19th, which is about 70 days after. Okay. We've hypothesized that if this is a leaked video from the U.S. military, which it appears to be, um, that they had to be convinced that what they were looking at was real. Because even now, people's collective conscious hasn't risen to a point where they can accept that what we're looking at is real. 
And it's not because of the video doesn't look real. It's because they can't accept these orbs and the zap happens as real. Like they don't understand the science behind it. I think that if people understood the science behind it, they would be uh, more amenable to the idea that they're real. Now, the second okay. video. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The second video also uploaded by Regicide Anon has a received date in the description of June 5th, 2014, which is like two weeks after the first video was published. Okay. And then it was published June 12th, 2014, one week after it was supposedly received. The second video, the first video is a satellite video, airliner and UFOs. It seems to show stereoscopic, two different cameras shooting out two different videos side by side. Some people have speculated that it's not really stereoscopic, that it was just converted to stereoscopic. Either What's, way, what exactly seems, is stereoscopic? Stereoscopic means it's two angles, slightly different angles looking down, right? Okay. So if that if it is stereoscopic, then you need two satellites that are next to each other. Well, we have two satellites in the area that were next to each other staring down. Um, if it's not These stereoscopic, US then military you don't need satellites? That. Yes, USA 229. We found we you can actually use amateur historical traject trajectories. It's a hard word to say. Yeah. And you can see that there's two satellites. We're staring down Nicobar Islands, 1840 UTC, the exact time and location that we say the videos happened. The exact time and location that the official these narratives out there say that the plane turned into the South Indian Ocean. Um, and then the second video is we're trying to determine if it's an MQ1C Gray Eagle or if it's an MQ9 Reaper. They both have the exact same chassis, so they look identical. And we can see the nose of the drone, which clearly is, is one of these two drones, um, but we can't tell which one it is. Now, both of them seem to have wing mounted camera uh, options on them. That you know, these there's wing mounts that you can change stuff on there, put missiles on there, cameras, whatever. We have pictures of both that have those cameras, um, but it's very difficult to figure out which one it might be. Um, what I can say is that these assets are connected by signals intelligence, SIGINT. And if you Google SIGINT payload, then you will find the top hit is your MQ1C Gray Eagle. But there are also pictures of MQ-9 with SIGINT payloads on them, which is like a little ball thing that's basically like signals intelligence that can send data between all these different systems. The idea then is that you have someone who's in an AWAC, which is one of these military spy planes, and they've got computers on those, and they can be watching both the satellite system as well as they can be controlling the drone or the drone cameras can actually be... Some of that cameras can be operated on the ground while other ones are being operated on the airplanes. They're a very complex system. So those uh, are two, both of our videos, just to summarize very quickly, seem to show a 777-200. MH370 is the only missing 777-200. Uh, turning left, it's at a low altitude. We know because the cumulus clouds in the background only form at low altitudes. The drone was not chasing the plane. The drone would have had to intercept the plane. We believe the drone could have been deployed from either Port Blair or from the Car Nicobar. Both of these are joint India-US bases that have drones at them. Um, and then would have intercepted the plane. We see this plane turning. We see smoke coming out of the back of the plane, which is consistent with the theory that we've put forth of a lithium-ion battery fire. This is very toxic smoke, releasing toxic chemicals. This is not like if you're barbecuing. Some people try to claim that you wouldn't see the smoke in IR, but you are going to see various chemicals will show up in IR. Um, it's too low for contrails. We're not looking at contrails. We You have... Some of these idiots like Corridor Crew say that we're looking at infer we're looking at contrails. They don't know even the first thing about the investigation of the case. Um, again, it's nighttime as well. So what we're looking at here is uh, a false color IR uh, infrared as well as a electro IR camera on the drone that's got a thermal layer added over the top of it. 
Um, and then we see them turning and descending in these videos, consistent with the capabilities of 777-200, which means that if somebody hoaxed this, they either guess the exact capabilities of 777-200, or they are an expert at engineering of these uh, vehicles, um, these airplanes. So the motive is, would be pretty unclear about why you would hoax this. Yeah, the amount of stuff, and I'm not probably won't go through all of it in terms of what's required, but you have to have background of classified military systems. You'd have to have a better understanding of physics than physics that PhDs do, and better understanding of engineering, mathematics, and experts in those fields. Um, you'd have to know how to create all these volumetric clouds with 3D parallax. I mean, the amount of detail that's put into these videos is incredible. Not to mention, you have to also understand UFOlogy better than UFO uh, experts, and I'm certainly not a UFO expert. But we see a forward-facing gravity engine on these orbs. They appear at like about Mach 3 speeds, 2,000 miles an hour. And it's not like we're seeing a metal ball. We're seeing a barrier around the orb. Uh, it's a field. And then in so front of the I orb, I actually have this, this video queued up. Oh, yeah. You want to pull I, I, it up? So I'm going to show everybody just so they can see um, this video. Let me make it larger here just so yeah. we can watch this. This is from your uh, Twitter yeah. This is uh this is just one of the views. It's uh this is your tweet from December fifth, MH three seventy X satellite video. The following MH three seventy satellite yep. video shows the satellite designation and coordinates very clearly. Okay, so let's watch this for people who don't know what they're talking about. It's a minute long. So there's the plane. Sure. Uh, it's coming in the top. Uh, I guess you can't see this because you're but but it's coming in the top uh, of our sure. screen. It's turning. We see some sort of contrail, something behind it. I don't know what that is. Just, and now these Again, orbs. Yeah. This one orb flies in. It's behind there. This is for people who are listening. Uh, and now there's a second one just popped up, and now a third one. Yeah, so and the second are, one comes from the water. Yep, and then they spin around it, right? And they start spinning around in a formation. Around, yep. Yep, and it's a circular formation, uh, create a sphere around the plane, and then the orientation changes when it gets to the clouds. And it becomes a ring formation as well. Yeah. It seems to show clear purpose. And then in a few seconds, you would see this uh, zap occur, which accurately illuminates these very detailed volumetric clouds. This zap with accurately illuminating these clouds is, is one that of the most happened. That's so, one of the most it, detailed things in it that kind of tells us that even the zap is potentially real as well. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't see this highly detailed illumination that we see. So I'm just going to play back this zap. So it goes, you see the zap right here, and poof, all the things are gone, okay? So that's a pretty, If that's obviously uh, pretty uh, unworldly, I guess. I don't know <laughs> what the term for that is. No, that's a good word for it. Like, yeah, that's not of, that... this, of this planet, whatever that is. So I guess, what do you think that is? Like, was that a portal? What was the purpose of the... Because you must have some theories sure. around what these Not are. Just and theories, I don't even I've know been... if you're claiming what you, that you know what they are. You're just saying this is what happened, and maybe that would be the next uh, investigation. But do you have any... Yeah, and to be clear, I'm an investigator, is? so I will present my evidence of what I think is happening in my opinion, but everybody's free to come to their own conclusions. I just want to get to the answers. Yeah, of what's and just going so on. people know, by the way, the phone lines are going to be open. We're going to talk for a little bit, and then I'm going to open the phone lines. So if you have any questions for Ashton, you can ask them uh, yourself. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so we know it's not uh, cloaking because you can see the smoke trail stop right behind it, um, unless there's a way to somehow stop the, clo the, the smoke trail as well. Like perhaps that event puts the batteries out and cloaks the plane. If you want to present that theory, cloaking? it could be. Sorry, I don't, I don't even know what that is. Cloaking would be making the plane go invisible. So, gotcha. Um, 
And then from a annihilation perspective, like if we were to think that this is some type of explosion or implosion or something like that, the problem there is um, Einstein's equations of E equals MC squared, which means energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. The amount of mass in a 777-200 uh, is extremely high. So when you multiply that by the speed of light squared, that would mean that we would be seeing like something that's significantly larger than a nuclear bomb going off, which clearly that's not what we're seeing here. We're not seeing a black hole because we're not seeing the planet get absorbed into it or sucked into it. We're not, even the clouds nearby don't get sucked into it. And it's also not an explosion. We're not seeing the, the clouds get blasted away. So this only leaves really one option that's consistent with theoretical physics, which is uh, superluminal speeds, a phase state transition of the plane. Um, this explains why we don't see a stuff get blasted away or sucked in. It's that the plane itself is undergoing a phase state transition, which allows it its mass, its inertial mass reduction to occur. And when you have mass reduction, now you can speed up towards the speed of light or even faster. And when we watch the drone video, which uh, I'm sure you'll show your, your audience here in a minute, you can actually see in the final frames what happens is these orbs begin to converge on the plane. And as they do that, they are creating an azimuth and they begin to flatten from the electromagnetic force that's been uh, happening there. Yeah. And at the same time, in the final frame, you'll see the plane start to blur. Just which like you would the, if you were watching a Which one is the drone runner. video? I can pull it up. You can pull it up on my Twitter. It was like posted yesterday. Uh, it's the first time I posted it in a while. Okay. Um, and then you will find that video for people to watch. The drone video. Is that the one that is uh, like the blue and green one? Yeah, sure. Yep. So this drone one is going to be an electro IR camera with a thermal layer added over the top by the okay, leaker. So let's, play, let's play this right now. You, you can mm -hmm. continue speaking. Um, yeah. And when you're watching, I can just kind of imagine it while I'm watching it as well. Is it, it, It's perfectly in sync with the first video as well. So this kind of tells us it's either all real or all fake. I think the number of videos, UFO videos especially, that have two angles like this and this high of quality is probably nil essentially so is this the same camera that we're watching just with a layer added on over no it? like it's completely different perspective the first okay. perspective oh, yeah, is you're looking at from outer space angle. you're looking from the side now and um this means as well if anyone were to create this it would create a, you require a 3d render so this is another extremely um cumbersome detail that has to be added is now you need somebody who's doing 3d rendering of the entire environment in order to get everything to match up perfectly and there's no discrepancies on a single frame in either video. So if we're dealing with an artist here, we're dealing with somebody who's meticulous, who made uh, no errors whatsoever while they were doing this. Um, and this is another detail that kind of shows the authenticity of the video. And this whole thing happened at night, obviously. So actually, when we see the light yeah. one, that's like a reverse, essentially. Yeah, it's not necessarily a reverse, but it's a false color. So they can lighten it however they need to lighten it in order for people to watch. I mean... Right. If this is really what it is, which is would be like military Sibbers video, which is uh, something they use to track missiles, boats and planes like it has to be able to see at night. Right. So the idea is you can just lighten it to show whatever you want. And it's not thermal. You're not looking at it for the thermal readings on the satellite on the satellite when you're just using it to track objects and potentially to detect explosions and implosions. Um, they actually said that Sibbers solved the mystery of MH370, but. There's no solving of the mystery, so it's pretty odd. They also said that there was no explosions detected, but what we look at in the drone video here is that we see a, an endothermic event, which is not an explosion. So technically, they wouldn't have been lying if they said that there weren't any explosions detected. Um, when we see this endothermic event here, this is where you're seeing the, uh, the way I've described it in the tweet that you probably pulled up is that the electrons are breaking free from their equilibrium state, state around the plane. Okay. which is causing a superconductive uh, state to happen for the plane. 
And when this plane becomes superconductive, now there's no resistance. The electrons can flow freely. And under the right temperatures and pressures, they begin to self-organize and create a coherent matter wave around the plane. And this is what causes the phase state change of the whole plane itself. And we're not talking about, honey, I shrunk the kids. The plane's not being shrunk. The plane is simply obtaining the properties of quantum. So imagine like you are, for maybe the people in the chat, if you're watching one of the uh, Marvel movies with Quicksilver in it, right? And Quicksilver all of a sudden starts speeding at super speeds and everybody else is, you know, moving at their normal speeds. That would be the idea of what's happening here. You would see Quicksilver undergo this phase state change that we see from this endothermic event here, this dark event uh, and this cold event that we see in the thermal. And then they would instantaneously appear somewhere else. And so the way that if you want to understand this is you really need to look into the double slit experiment. The double slit experiment really explains how quantum teleportation is real and how quantum entanglement is real. Non-locality, these are all real things. Okay. Um, the engineers and physicists look at this differently. The engineers look at it as though it were, you know, from conventional terms, layman's terms, a wormhole. Basically, there's a situation where there might be a fourth orb. And then what would be happening is that if I were to take this rubber band here, is that you have this band stretched out. And over here, we have our three orbs with the plane. And then we have our fourth orb somewhere else over here. And the idea of what would be happening with this phase state change is that now all of a sudden everything's over here instantaneously. Okay. The way the physicists and is it like in it, a different like where did the plane go? So I, I, I don't know. If you're it's... asking me questions that I clearly cannot answer. Um, or do you have a I, theory? Like are I can speculate in... that the plane was still on planet Earth because the phones were still ringing for four days afterwards. Right. right? That was the same and they even said why, that in the mm -hmm. Netflix documentary where they're like the phones yes. were ringing, so that's why they thought. So okay. So yeah. so uh, theoretically, there's, 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 a lot to, there's a lot to take in. Yeah, there was a sighting early in the morning in the Maldives as well, which would ind indicate that this plane went somewhere else on the planet Earth. But just from a hypothetical perspective, yeah, it could go to another dimension, could go to another planet. You know, there's really very little limitations. It's It could also go to the future. I mean, in the technical sense, it will go to the future. There will be a time dilation um, effect, but that will be dependent and proportionate to the distance traveled. So uh, just for people that don't know, time dilation is a real thing. What this means, when people talk about space-time, it's because space and time are one and the same. So if you are near the planet, you have a certain amount of time dilation that you're experiencing based on the mass of the planet Earth. Right now, we're all experiencing time at a relatively similar rate. If we were to go really, really far away from the Earth, where there's less mass, your time is going to go faster. If you were to go near a black hole where there's a lot more mass, your time is going to go slower as well. So the way the physicists describe this is that the, the transitional phase state change is happening as it reduces the mass of the object from having to go from a macroscopic 777 to obtain the properties of quantum, its mass becomes zero and therefore its time speeds up in the same exact way. And when its time speeds up, it simply moves faster. So think about it like this. Why does a fly move so fast? The answer is because it's so small. So because it's so small, its mass is so low, now it has, it has time is moving faster. And this is why if you were to scale it up, it's not going to still be able to go like a fly when you're trying to swat it, right? It goes super fast. Or when you watch an ant on the ground and it moves really, really fast. And you would think, oh, if I scale that up, this thing's going to be going super speed, yeah. right? It's the same idea, but it won't go super speed if you speed it up. If you speed it up, it's going to go slower. Or if, if you make it, if you, you increase it its size, yeah, if yeah, you make yeah. it larger, sorry, it's going to go slower. So this is the kind of concept of the physicists, how they describe what's happening here. So when we talk about teleportation, it's kind of a crude approximation of what it really is. 
you know, I think that the better way to describe it scientifically would be to say superluminal speeds. It's achieving speeds that are at the speed of light or faster than the speed of light due to the fact that its mass is being reduced um, to essentially nothing. And that's the same thing that's happening to the orbs. The orbs have zero mass because of the barrier. It's like a bubble in space-time that's around them. And when you reduce your mass to zero, now you're unaffected by the forces of local gravity. Um, and now you can just essentially just float freely. And that's how we see them operating. It's not just the Did lines the in water? front of them. One of them does come from the water, the second one. So there's a version of the video that we have, like a color-changed version. And you can clearly see this orb skim across the water, the second one, and up through the cloud. It's not as easy to see in the video that you were showing. But in the color change version, it's very clear. And so in that one, when you see the orb skim across the water, it's like, oh, this thing could have come from the water. And from UFOlogy, as well as Salvatore Pius's patents, one of them is an inertial mass reduction device for a, uh, what's the, the right term here? A craft that is, can traverse between water, air, and space equally. And so these things, are when, since, because they're displacing space and time itself, they can go right through the water, no problem. They could go space, no problem. They can go in the air, no problem as well. Um, so, and is this government you know, this, technology? Like, is this, or do we not know? In my opinion, we're looking at Lockheed Martin technology, which is a government contractor. Okay. And so the reason for that is we've looked into the patents. They actually have a patent that we found called a coherent matter wave beam patent. And it's like we're sitting here talking about coherent matter wave is exactly how you achieve these superconductive effects that we are looking at in the, especially the drone video, but in both videos, technically. So it's like we've actually found a patent and it was patented in 2011 and I think it was finally awarded in 2013. So, I mean, we actually have a paper trail that leads back to Lockheed Martin here. And I had been speculating that it was either Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, because when we look at these videos, we're not looking at little aliens inside the orbs. There's, we can tell just from the pattern alone, it's a perfect 120 degree, zero point sinusoidal pattern. And what that means is if you were to graph it, it's a perfect wave function. So it's not like little or aliens and humans can't aren't that exact, right? So this is something that's yeah. being remote controlled, or it's a pro computer program essentially that's being run there. Um, and so, and is so it sure, to just rescue was it to rescue the plane that was in distress? I know there's the whole thing where there was yeah. twenty scientists or whatever on board. Yeah. So uh, I mean, if I had to guess, yeah, go then ahead. yeah, that that would be the most likely motive is that you've got twenty free scale engineers and scientists on board. They are directly connected, potentially, to the technology that we see. We even found an NSA security report, National Security Agency report in 2005, talks about commercial emergence of room temperature superconductive microchips and free-scale semiconductors microchips are talked about nine different times in the report. Um, and it even mentions in that report that they only if the government funds it will they be available by 2010 or 2012. So it's like this lines up exactly with the timeline of our videos. And then there's another press release talking about Freescale launching a major initiative to serve the RF power needs for U.S. aerospace and defense. So we've got at least two vectors of directly connecting the 20 of the people on board the plane, which is way too many people for one company, right? Like this is a huge risk. So you could argue that, you know, this was too much for the government to lose. They didn't want to lose these people. You could even argue there's Did an Did they work angle. for, uh, what was it, Northrop Grumman? What was the company? They worked for Freescale Semiconductors, who became and was sold off to NXP Semiconductors the next year in 2015. Oh, okay. So they, so they worked yeah. kind of in that. And so exact is the idea that they just, uh, you know, they were about, plane was about to crash, and then they have this technology that can essentially just 
Or and so you could say that this could be a weapons test of some sort if it's not proven technology. That seems like way too convoluted to me because you have to develop a whole cover story if you're just for a test, right? I would just test it on a different plane if I'm going to do that. That doesn't matter. Because surely they would have had to know that this was going to be an international story if you just have a fucking plane disappear. Like that's not. you could also argue that maybe there was one person, right, who's a VIP, who's just connected enough. That's honestly my favorite theory at the moment. Although, I mean, how do we prove any of this, right? But what if one of these people is just, you know, they've got the rescue me button. They've said, hey, you got to save me. Because the theory we've put forth is, I think, by far the most plausible theory of a lithium-ion battery fire from the 487 pounds of lithium-ion batteries. Even just recently, yesterday, in fact... Uh, we found another article which just lays out the whole story. I mean, there's two pallets of unsafe lithium-ion batteries right next to the electronics bay that they um, were in the cargo bay. Yeah, and these things were extremely dangerous. Uh, they shouldn't have been transporting these on passenger planes. They actually outlaw them the next year. Uh, FAA does. So, I mean, the reason why you guys, every time you go check a bag on a plane, they're going to ask you if you have lithium-ion batteries. If you go to the post office, mail a letter, ask you if you have lithium-ion batteries in your piece of paper. That's how seriously they take this because they don't want lithium-ion batteries in the cargo because there's nobody down there staring at them. So they essentially might as well have just had a bomb on board this plane, although these things aren't going to just blow up the whole plane. The cargo bays are actually built to at least temporarily be able to withstand these types of fires. The problem is lithium-ion battery fires cannot be permanently put out by the halon fire extinguishing gas. Uh, We found an article that mentioned that it should be able to last for up to three hours which is actually a lot longer than we need it to last. We only need it to last 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, and we found an article that says that the, the gas can last for 180 minutes. So we have uh, a situation and an expert as well, Dr. Well, I have to look at my piece um, to list him, but he's actually a, an expert at lithium-ion battery fires. And uh, the FAA, there was an FAA uh, lead head of security as well that actually corroborated that this was the most likely event as well. Um, it kind of blows my mind that this is not what everybody concluded right away um, because there was also every single one of the 19 witnesses that we could find all corroborate the same event as well. We've got Mike McKay sees it start on fire the same time it goes dark, which would have probably taken out the electronics bay um, and exploded. There's nine witnesses that hear loud noises at the exact same time. Mike McKay sees the plane on fire for five to 10 seconds. The plane would only how be on fire ta- temporarily. How soon was this after it took off? 40 minutes. So okay. it's over the South China sea about 40 minutes after takeoff. Mike McKay sees it out in the distance, low on the horizon, because he's at about the maximum distance. You can see the plane. It goes out right away because the fire extinguishing devices activate automatically. And so they would have put it out temporarily, and then it's going to come back up again. So the moment it gets taken out, you're going to have all your crew go there, and they're going to try to put this out. But there's going to be toxic smoke billowing everywhere. It's a, it's a horrible situation. And the explosion itself is going to be pretty energetic. It could actually could have depressurized the plane just from the explosion itself. Um, and if it did depressurize the plane, now you have a really dangerous situation because these oxygen masks only last for 30 minutes for the passengers, like max. So you've got a depressurized scenario, the plane, you've got toxic smoke spewing throughout the plane. And somebody that I had talked to that is also an expert that's testified on the Hill, even speculated that perhaps the forward cargo bays were where the batteries were because then the smoke would have been going through the air conditioning system. And the air conditioning system has exhaust vents right below, right next to on both sides of the landing gear. So this is where we see the smoke coming out of the plane, especially in the thermal. You can see pretty clearly that the smoke is not coming out of the engines. Um, So the most likely place is through these exhaust vents. Now, if these videos are fake, why do they tell the story of what really happened to this plane better than any other story to date, right? 
Not only that, but you have eight fishermen on a boat who see the plane 10 minutes later flying really low. We have strong belief that communications were classified and that they were did have communications with the plane because there was a 777 pilot that hears it 10 minutes after it goes dark. Here's the pilot and co-pilot. The Malaysian Minister of Defense says that the plane was unidentified, but he admits that it's a civilian airliner and it's not hostile. How could you know a plane's not hostile? You tell me. How do you know if a plane is, there's a potential hijacking or a pilot suicide scenario? Let's just throw that out there. How would you know the plane's not hostile unless you have communication? There is no way, right? So you agree with that, that the communication was all turned off. You're just saying it's because it went through this. No, I'm like saying that, that it, it potentially the communication is not turned off. I mean, oh, we because, have proof oh, okay. because there was a guy that heard the plane 10 minutes after it went dark. Gotcha. And then we have the Malaysian Minister of Defense saying, uh, contradicting himself, saying that that plane was unidentified, but they knew it's a civilian airline and they knew it's not hostile. It's the only way you could know that is if they had communication. And then um, there's also an intercepted yeah, mayday call real quick. Intercepted mayday call only reported in Chinese news, um, supposedly intercepted from the Taiwanese embassy where they hear Malaysian Airlines right around the time we think the videos are happening, attempting an emergency landing and disintegrating, which they're converting that from Chinese. So disintegrating potentially means plane falling apart on fire, et cetera. Um, and I, all these basically tell us that there was probably communication and that this plane was trying to land in the ocean, most likely. It couldn't land in Penang, which is the directly where it goes to after it goes dark, which is the correct location to go to in an emergency situation. We don't know why it didn't land there. Um, we can speculate. You know, if they really didn't get in touch with this plane and know what was going on right away, it may be that the lights were not on on the runway because it's two in the morning. It's a third world country at an airport that's closed. Um, the other alternatives are that potentially the landing gear was damaged and they thought it was too risky to try to land on their belly because they have a, you know, tank full well, of fuel and they yeah, don't want to and a fire and lithium ion batteries. Yeah. So, you know, they may have said, okay, maybe we're going to land in the water then, right? And they, But the problem is you need a lot of support. I mean, we've seen the videos of trying to land in the water. It does not go well. You know, I even talked to a pilot last week and she was saying that, um, you know, basically this would have been a situation where it's like you're picking the worst way to die, really. So what I want to say real quick is that for the families of the victims, my heart goes out to you. You have my condolences. The only reason why I'm doing this is because they deserve the answers. Like I wouldn't even want to disclose this technology if that was not MH370 on those videos because I've just come to conclude that this technology is probably too dangerous and it's probably being kept hidden for really good causes, honestly. And I want the U.S. government to have it compared to all these adversaries. But that's MH370. We're looking at both these videos and the, the narratives out there make no sense whatsoever. So until they admit that that's MH370, we've got to keep making them make a statement and try to force them to. Yeah. And, and on that, uh, like what you said right there, I, I don't know if this is maybe I'm, I'm way off base, but then isn't there a scenario where they're actually all alive? I don't know if they're all alive. I mean, keep in mind, this is a toxic lithium ion battery fire and you, or maybe not all alive, but like if that was to kind of somebody save probably them from something yeah. like, uh, like, I don't know, maybe my imagination or I'm way off of what I'm thinking here. Like, but I assume that was some sort of, maneuver to save them at which point yeah who knows so we've speculated that i mean there's a sighting in the maldives on one of these small islands uh kuvo haduvo i'm probably butchering the name and there's like five or six people who see it early in the morning so this is well after we see this event happen and they see the plane flying low they see the blue and what red stripe of malaysian airlines on the plane so it's like how do they not see it it gets dismissed because people just can't logically figure out how the plane could be there but if we can somehow super speed it over there then no problem right 
There's also a fire suppression device washes it up in the Maldives. Same Malaysian Minister of Defense says, oh, yeah, that's not from MH370. They don't even look into it, even though you can see serial numbers on the picture. You guys should Google it right now. MH370 fire suppression device Maldives. You'll see clear pictures of it. Um, so if I had to speculate, which I'll just go ahead and do, I think this plane somehow got to Diego Garcia, which is the location where all the conspiracy theories out there speculated it got there. Most of them thought it got remote controlled there, which there could be a remote control aspect to this. If everybody's dead, then maybe they do remote control it. But if everybody's dead, then just let it crash into the ocean, right? Like why go through this all this elaborate um, cover up? Right. So yeah. to me, I, mean, I guess I'm saying is like when it goes through live. the thing and disappears, where does it come out? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm you know, what I so mean? Like, like the rubber band theory. Right. So yeah. if we uh, extrapolate and we do our rubber band theory, then it looks like the plane's getting sucked backwards into the phase transition we see. So if so, perhaps it's being sucked backwards all the way back. Now, when we watch it turn, we can see it's actually turning south into the east. And we know this because of the coordinate shifts and when the perspective changes. So when the perspective changes, we can actually see the coordinate shift and you map it out. You can tell it's going south into the east. So if it is getting slingshotted backwards, that would mean it's getting slingshotted back to the west. And if it's being slingshotted back to the west, that puts it near the Maldives. Uh, but again, we can't know. Uh, we don't know. I mean, there's not two other videos on the other side, right? Showing us where this thing showed up. Now, maybe there right. is. Who knows? Maybe yeah. the U.S. government does have videos of that. Um, but what I'll tell you this is that everybody, we, everyone who's FOIA'd the government about this case has been rejected in total due to national security reasons. If this was just some ordinary event, why are all everybody's FOIAs being rejected for national security? And it's a different including... country. Like, what is this? Ha- what is this? Yeah, why would to... this have anything to do with the U.S. Then, right? Why yeah, would this what, be what national this security to, to the, the U.S.? This is a we found a uh, one from uh, O'Reilly Taints, who is uh, she was a controversial figure like ten years ago. That was a big thorn in the government's side. She FOIA'd the NSA, and they gave her the same rejection that I got when I FOIA'd the case related to Edward C. Lynn, who we believe is the leaker. Uh, I wanted everything about his case. We were able to narrow down this guy's case within one month of the plane going missing. And it's like, this guy is definitely the guy that leaked the videos. Um, and I got a full rejection. They won't give me anything about the case. Nothing at all. Um, he ends up going to jail for six to nine years, and we look at his appeal. In his appeal, he even argues that people that had the same charges got way less sentence than he did. He took a plea deal and he still got nine year sentence with three years shaved off for like working with the NCIS and FBI, which I'm sure was saying that he's never going to talk about the videos ever again. Yeah. Um, and so that's the thing, too. It just, you know, the whole story, like if these videos are somehow fake, why does it add up to what really happened to this plane? You know, just for your, your guess real quick, because I think that. There's probably a lot of CNN brains in the chat who are thinking, oh, nope, CNN told me it crashed into the ocean. It must have crashed into the ocean. I'm just going to go ahead and destroy that narrative right now. Well, I do have you. a question. My next question was going to be about the debris. So because they, they, they yeah, say okay, so let me go into this so, and then we'll so let's I, just I, I leads into that. the debris. So and then, I'll, then I'm going to open the phone lines. OK, yeah. So there was no debris field found. This is impossible for a 777 crash into the ocean. We would have seen it the next day with our satellites, which we've proven are everywhere. It was the most expensive search in history which did not find one piece of the plane. Let me repeat that. The official search did not find one single piece of the plane above or below water. They spent $155 million. There was no black boxes found, even though the, it was not too deep to be able to find them. They looked everywhere along the seventh arc where they said they knew where the plane was. Couldn't even find one black box. The Sosa system, as well as Western Australia and Diego Garcia hydrophones, would have heard the detections of the plane crashing into the ocean. Nothing. The same Sosa system that heard the Titan sub pop, this tiny sub, 
and they lied about it for five days and then they went and picked up all the pieces because they knew exactly where it popped. There was at least three, maybe four radar systems that should have seen the plane, Thailand, India, Indonesia, and Australia, especially India and or Indonesia and Australia, which are on the, the route where it would have gone in the South Indian Ocean. None of them see it. It's on an active shipping route and supposedly crashes in the morning hours, but nobody sees the plane. It's There's nowhere else for it to go. There is It runs out of gas. So it's not like there's the ocean's really big. No, they literally searched everywhere. Um, the official narrative had it crashing at a 90-degree nosedive, which would have had it exploding into a million pieces. They later changed that later on very silently, and even so, still would have ripped to pieces. There's four emergency transponders that are all redundant that activate only on crash. None of them activate, as well as those 19 phones where the passenger or the families of the phones signed a statement because the phones were still ringing, and they were desperate to have people go look into triangulating the phones, which they did not do. Now, the debris that was found, washed up between one and two years later. Um, yeah, the official year, search, right before the first they found anything. Yeah, right? it was not found by the official search. None of it was found by the official search. The amount of debris is less than 1% of the plane. Only three pieces have been conclusively tied to the plane. One of those pieces is the flapper on, which everybody says, oh, time to stop looking. It was not connected with a unique serial number. It was connected with a part number. The unique serial plate was actually missing, despite the fact that it's a bolted-on piece. Now, there was another equivalent copy of the plane purchased by GA Telesis in October of 2013, a 9M MRK that was also purchased from Malaysian Airlines, which would have theoretically had a flap around that's exactly the same. It was scrapped over 10 years too soon before its retirement date. So I want to also say that there was a couple other pieces that were found uh, that haven't been conclusively tied to the plane, but have burn marks on them consistent with the lithium ion battery fire scenario. And nothing about this tiny bits of debris. If you look up the CNN article about it, it's a tiny, tiny amount of the plane. This is not enough to say that we found a plane. And the fire and teleportation events that we've put forth are completely consistent with this tiny amount of debris. For some reason, a lot of people think that it's somehow inconsistent. It, it's not. The plane went from one point to another point. Finding a couple pieces that would have burnt off while this plane's disintegrating is really actually completely consistent with our event that we put forward. Right, and but if it was actually a crash, there should be much more than that. There should have been, and we have another video which shows this smaller plane crashing. There's like a whole sea of debris. They pulled up so much debris because planes aren't just made of like heavy metals. It's like a lot of plastic and stuff that's going to yeah, so float. Floats, right. You know, the chairs are going to float. The, there's flotation devices on every chair. You've got luggage, bodies, all this stuff's going to float. And, you know, there's no chance we couldn't have found a debris field. Okay, that's crazy. Uh, all right, I'm going to open the phone lines. Just so you know, uh, Ashton, just uh, when people call in, there's going to be a few seconds where when I'm yeah, patching sure. them through where we can't hear you or you, us. Don't worry, that's normal. That's how it goes. All right, everybody, phone lines are open. one 949 2969 If you have questions for Ashton, I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> please call in. I want to talk about the bounty. So what is the bounty at right now? So the bounty right now, I'm not even sure if it's still active. I know Kim.com has never said it's not. So let's just put it this way. We had a bounty out there for about a month, $150,000. Kim.com for a mega upload, if you know. Yeah, it was $100,000 from Kim.com, $20,000 from Chad and Sherry, the Investigate Earth podcast, which I've done four parts with them. Another $25,000 from a wealthy uh, follower who I'm in communication with, who's run for higher office before. Uh, $5,000 from myself that I threw in. And nobody came forward with this at all. I mean, nobody's going to come forward because, in my opinion, there is no hoaxer. I mean, it's just there's too much details. If there's a hoaxer, it's the government. Yeah. And if it is the government, then they got to give us a, a reason. So 
Um, I was okay. even thinking about taking it away just because we've had numerous elaborate scams and uh, oh, because people felony are scams that were, yeah, because people whatnot. are just, people are mentally unstable, right? And they do weird stuff, man. Most of those people and, watch this show. Okay, I got a call right here. One moment, please. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Yo, yo, Rafe. Hey, what's up, Rafe? Hold on one second. Um, all right, you are on. Go ahead. You are on with Ashton. Yeah, Go ahead, Rafe. So, uh, Oops. What's up, Ashton? Sorry, hold on. Yo, Rafe, how's it going, man? Uh, going good. So, uh, I actually just saw all your, like, all the, like when you blew up, I saw all the videos and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was probably the first time in, a, like, 10 years. Uh, that I've seen like a video, like a conspiracy related video or any kind of video where I was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, that, that looks wild. Like, that's yeah. insane. Um, the only other picture that happened recently was the uh, Uvalde shootings. I saw those pictures. And I was like, holy fuck. I don't, I don't need to see that ever again. That's a lot. Um, well, is there any other videos that you, that you have seen that give you that same kind of response as to this on any conspiracy or anything? That's a great question. Um, probably not. You know, this is a good time for me to say that I was never really in deep into the conspiracy world before this. This is honestly kind of gave me a lot of ontological shock, especially when it first happened. Cause even I was partial CNN brain before this, where, you know, I believed all these official narratives um, and stuff like that. And so this has caused me to really reevaluate how I look at everything. Um, and same with the UFO community. Like I had watched a lot of like UFO videos over the last five years or so since those DOD Navy videos came out, but I'd never seen anything where I'm like, holy crap. Right. And here's the weirdest part is that I saw this drone video in 2014 and you know, I was full on official narrative at that point and just thought, oh yeah, it must be fake. Right. It must be somehow fake. I, I didn't even know what I was looking at back then. And it's really only now where we've had those, uh, DOD Navy videos, this Trump satellite picture he posted on Twitter, um, these advanced science, like science is now just catching up with like, how do we unify quantum and macro theories? LK99, turning out, uh, learning about superconductivity, which I never really knew about at all either. And then chat GPT with AI. Like, I think we really needed all these things to even understand this to be real. But what I would say to you is that there probably is other stuff out there, right? And it's probably getting quote unquote debunked but maybe it's really real, right? And I hope that this investigation can lead us to reanalyze some other stuff that's out there. And I hope I don't run into anything more like this in the future because, man, like just I don't want teleportation and all this other stuff to be real because it's it's scary, man. It, it's dark. It, the implications are that like we might end up destroying ourselves with this kind of technology. And I'm just not talking about like nukes. I'm talking about like the whole planet just being like wiped out um, in one with the press of a button. Have you, uh, have you like looked into like, uh, ancient, you know, uh, ancient alien kind of thing where, uh, where that, you know, we're basically already living in that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I had like kind of seen some of that stuff, you know, on, on Netflix or like, you know, the ancient apocalypse stuff. And, you know, the more I've dug into this, the more I've wondered about those kinds of theories in general. Um, but for me, it doesn't really matter too much in my day-to-day life. I'm like, you know, if aliens are visiting, if aliens visited before, my life isn't going to change any significant way. But um, if you really listen now, especially with knowing that this type of technology might be real, 
I think it does add a lot of credit to those types of theories, especially when I was listening to Tucker Carlson the other day where he's on the redacted podcast, I think, and they're both going like, I almost wish I didn't even know about this stuff. And when you hear those kind of comments, it's like, man, yeah. is this a situation where we're like engineered or is this a situation where there might be like some other beings are going to press the reset button on our civilization at some point in the future? And maybe that's already happened in the past. Uh, maybe we are, you know, the remnants of another civilization that came from Mars. You know, I think it's called Abigenesis. Um, you know, I'd say everything's on the table um, if this stuff is real. So uh, what's the what do you think about the theory that um, it went to that uh, naval base that's over on that island uh, off the coast of India? Diego Garcia. Yeah. I mean, if I'm a gambling yeah. person and we're gambling on where the base went, I'm putting it all on Diego Garcia. That's there's even a Philip Wood exif data picture that was posted on 4chan that claimed that he was like drugged and being held prisoner. And they look at the exif data and the, the coordinates point at Diego Garcia. It's like. That's a pretty weird hoax. I mean, these videos are, would be a weird hoax. Where but that's is that? Where weirder. is the Diego Garcia? It's in the Garcia Indian Garcia. Ocean. Nobody even knew about this base really before this. And it's like one of the most secretive bases. People tell me that this is like like Area 51 on steroids, which makes sense. It's the middle of nowhere yeah, on the it's ocean. Been, yeah, it's, it's been secretive for like years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up on a military base. And um, people would talk. Like I grew up where Navy SEALs, Navy SEALs were in the same base as I was. And uh, they would talk about, you know, oh, we went to Diego Garcia, dude. Talk about a fuck Area 51. Yeah. Like, they, they would, like, make that as, like, a joke. Like, it's a lighthearted comp, like, you know, comment. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, they, they always talked about it. Like, that was the Area 51 of the East. Kind of like uh, mm-hmm. Unit 731 or whatever it was from uh, Japan. Uh, yeah, we we just kept doing that, but over in uh, over in India. So this very yeah, well the, could have been uh, U.S. U.S. military. Then, like this could have been their technology. Oh yeah, I, I think mean, that's it the was, only but, that's but, the only military that could really do it, right? Can pull this off, right? I mean, yeah. China has all the money. China has all the money and everything, but they don't have the technology. They were trying to steal a Chinook helicopter the other like last month, which and, is wild. Yeah. That's a that's a. 60-year-old platform or something like that? Yeah, and China, too. Like, I think you can rule them out because they actually hacked Malaysian government the next day on March 9th. We only just recently uncovered this. And they stole the crisis meeting minute notes and classified information about MH370, which is not something you do if you don't know what happened or if you know what happened in the plane. Like, you only do that because you're trying to figure out what are people covering up, right? And they have their own satellites. So they're probably sitting there going, where's the debris field? There's no debris field anywhere. This plane couldn't have crashed, right? And then they're getting suspicious and they perform an elaborate social engineering hack. It was actually less elaborate than the one that was performed on me, where they just sent like a thing that said the plane was found and they sent it to the Malaysian uh, officials and they clicked on the link and then boom, they got hacked. Um, and then to the point of the Diego Garcia thing, the other thing that gives me speculative pause about it is that early on, every time I mentioned Diego Garcia, there would be these accounts that would be in my replies going, I spent time at Diego Garcia and there's nothing there. Stop looking into it. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, first of all, if you well, were. Those are. Yeah, those aren't actual military people. I mean, those, no. those could be, but like those, those like I know I grew up on military base. Yeah. I know military people. They will talk to you, like you know, getting you know after a couple buds or you know shots of Jameson <laughs> or whatever, and uh, they, they will open up. Like it is very, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I get it. I get it. 
Yeah, I mean, the point is, like, if they had that class, if they had known about the classified, let's say, underground facilities that are there, they're never going to speak about it. And if they don't know, they would have no reason, you know, there's no reason to make a statement like that, right? If you're the person who's not accessed, then you just don't know. You're not going to say you know that there's nothing there. Um, so, you know, those kinds of comments don't don't dissuade me at all. If anything, that makes me want to look into it even deeper. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, you need to be cautious about talking about Diego Garcia. I think that's a, a base that the U.S. government doesn't want people digging into too much. All right. Well, yeah, I think else yeah, oh. yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, thanks, no, no, Thank you. Thank you. Good chat, man. Yeah. I have a question. Do, do, is there any talk of what you're uh, kind of investigating in Malaysia right now? Like, is this as Very far little. as you know? I think that I've, I've had some people who are from Malaysia show up in my early spaces. I haven't really done that many spaces recently. Um, and... Uh, you know, some of them were very interested because I think the Malaysian people are very sensitive to this kind of topic because they know something is wrong with what happened to this, right? Especially because they also had MH17 happen a few months later. And it's funny because if you look at was Diego MH17, Garcia... the Russian? The yeah, the Russian the buck missile launcher shoot down from the Russian separatist. Um, and just for people who are wondering, I'm not connecting these incidents. It's completely different sets of people and different numbers of people on board the plane um you know the circumstances to even link them is, takes a lot of leaps in logic um but the malaysian people they actually trolled the diego garcia military base if you go google it on like google maps you actually see like a picture of mh370 when you look at diego garcia and i think they also pinged a bunch of like locations in malay uh all over the the island as well um so you know everybody has speculated that that's where this space this plane went i mean it's the perfect spot to hide a plane um that we even think that they have underground potential uh hangars as well because you see after 2014 all the planes that are on the runway on the surface just disappear and it's really? like wait how, where are all these planes where do they go right like all of a yeah. there's like all these like dozens of huge planes on the runway and then 2014 there's like one it's like where's none on every picture after that it's like they must have some, uh, you know, elevator that allows them to go underground or something like that. And there's all these, like, I think probably close to $100 million in contracts. And again, labor in Southeast Asia is very cheap. Um, and there's nothing that changes on the surface for like 20 years at this base. So um, definitely some stuff going on for sure at this place. Yeah. By the way, the phone lines are open, everybody. I don't know what happened. I accidentally pressed the thing. one 888 yeah, so I have a question. So what do you need to see? Because uh, you seem like you're pretty open to this. This is just, mm -hmm. oh, actually, you know what? We got, we got a call here. Let's take the call. Then we'll put sure. it in that one moment, please. Hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Oh. Hello. That's odd. Okay, hold on. Um, hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hey, what's up? This is Jason. Jason, one moment, please, while we patch you through. Hey, let's call her. All right, Jason, you are on with Ashton Forbes. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, what's up, Ashton? What's up, Danny? How you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, doing good, Jason. Good, good. So my question was about uh, where this video was uploaded to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we don't actually know exactly where it was uploaded. So the uh, the felony scam that was run against me was very elaborate, and it actually even had a story where they claimed that they had found it on this email peer to peer website. Um, but we had speculated that it was either posted to some type of UFO forum because all the account early accounts that had posted it were all in Spanish. 
So we had speculated it might be like a South American website where it got posted to, or we also speculated like potentially just the dark web somewhere that someone throws it out there. Um, so it, if it was a leak that somebody leaked this, it seemed like they weren't sending it to CNN or if they did, CNN wasn't running with it, right? They were trying to get it to just yeah. show up out there somewhere. And then they assumed probably like people like Bob Lazar did that the media isn't corrupt in the United States and that they would find it and then report on it. And then everyone would look at it and go, Oh, those coordinates are in the Nicobar islands. This must be what happened to the plane. But they potentially underestimated the fact that the media in the United States is controlled just like in Russia and China is, and that it, everything would just be silenced and that also no one would believe it either. You know, I think that as I mentioned early on, yeah. there's a, a specific set of requirements to even begin to understand it to be real. And I think this aligns very well with, uh, you know, what they call UAP disclosure out there, right? Like, UAP disclosure is never going to come from the government. What's going to happen is when enough people in this world believe that UAPs can be real, then everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, of course, they've always been real, right? Like, that's how, I mean, it's kind of sad state of affairs for humanity, but that's how things actually work. And then once everybody, like 75 or 80% of people are like, yeah, UAPs are real, then CNN will report on it, right? Um, it's like whatever's popular is what's real, not based on, you know, factual evidence. Yeah. Gotcha. So there's no clear um, origin of where this video came from, actually. Yeah, unless you, I mean, if you think that it's hoax, then you probably think that Regicide Anon is in on the hoax somehow, which doesn't make a lot of sense because if you look at the list of requirements, a lot of it's like military classified information you would have to know. What's Regicide Anon? So Regicide Anon is the person who uploaded on YouTube where we found the Internet Archive for their YouTube channel. And this is the earliest version we can find. There might have been other ones that are out there. They just didn't get, you know, snapped on the Internet Archive. Right. I mean, it. I, I would imagine Regicide Anon really wasn't the first person to upload it, but they were one of the early ones, most likely. And that the other versions have been scrubbed and therefore we can't gotcha. find them. And so that's the theory behind and it. So, so is there a theory yeah. like for the people who say like this is a fake video? Was the was the like everything real up and they just like added or is the entire thing faked? Like for people who are saying uh, there's various degrees. Some people think that, uh, you know, just the orbs and the zap are fake, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because even then, like, well, what's the implication here? So if the U.S. government made this, they added some orbs and they added a zap to it. Like, what's the purpose? What what happens when they show that on CNN? What does a normie brain person think? Right. They're not going to yeah. go, oh, yeah, aliens zap the plane to the Xenu dimension. No, they're going to go. U.S. government's covering this up. This is a cover up. Right. So it would implicate the U.S. government directly. Like if they, this was the U.S. government and they're trying to use this as disinformation, they're not going to put orbs in this plane. They're going to have like a picture of Russia shooting it down with a missile. Right. And then the problem with this is that if this plane got shot down, the debris field would be even bigger than if it crashed into the ocean. You have a plane in the air and it gets shot down. It's going to the debris field goes for hundreds of miles. Massive, right. Yeah. It's going to be impossible yeah. to cover up. And that's why there's like some like some YouTubers out there that are idiots think that, oh, the it was shot down and they just they somehow picked up all the debris. Like It's just completely nonsensical. Um, you know, people were searching the next day. and It's not like they were all in on it. Right. There's like people just on boats floating around where if this plane crashes somewhere, they're going to see it. You're not going to be able to make every single independent party, you know, hide the fact that there's hundreds of miles of debris everywhere. Um, so there's no chance this thing was shot down um, based on just the evidence alone. Um, and there's, you know, even less than there is of this plane crashing into the ocean. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Right. Uh, yeah. One more thing quick um, on the thermal video. 
uh, it appears to me that there is a point in the video where the camera zooms in. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that, that this is a um, satellite that captured movement of some kind or was programmed to uh, view any type of movement in the air in a certain location. What would account for the zoom? Is that an automated thing when it catches something, it zooms in and focuses on it? Or was there a manual uh, overtake of the system at some point? Was was a human involved? Yeah, so that's actually what you're looking at there with the color thermal is actually a drone video. And you can see the nose of the drone there. Now, the problem is the the both the MQ-1C and the MQ-9 both have the exact same nose. So we can't tell the difference between them. But you're looking at it from a side angle on the drone. So what's happening is someone's actually manually controlling the camera there. And we can tell as well, they're not automatically tracking it. Like in those Navy videos, you can actually, they're using the automatic tracking because the object's moving so fast. In these videos, someone's manually tracking it. And that's why it goes off screen for a second. And then when it comes back, it's been zoomed in because they they get past the plane and the plane goes out of the view and then they're zooming in and then the plane comes into view as well. And this is something that also really kind of authenticates the videos is you're making a hoax video. You go look at the hoax videos that are out there. They don't have these objects disappearing off the view of the screen and they don't have all this zoom. When you zoom in, on, when they zoom in with the drone, the shake actually increases as well naturally. Like if you were to do either optical zoom on your camera and you're going to see it moving up and down yeah. more because of the, the tiny amounts of shake is being amplified. Um, so it's really all the small details that make this thing like seem really, really authentic. Like this is, in my mind, exactly what these drones are going to look like. And the best part is it's verifiable. Like if we actually, if they released MQ-1C or MQ-9 uh, drone video and they showed us how it works, I think we'll find out there actually is an option to add the thermal layer, the rainbow palette over it. And it's probably gonna look just like this. Um, so yeah, those are good questions though. Hopefully that helps uh, some of your understanding. Yeah, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, right, Jason. Thank, thank you. All right, let's take another call here. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Yo, um, hey, is this, uh, yeah, one sec while I patch you through. All right, you are on with Ashton. Go ahead. All right, so um, I wanted to uh, ask. Um, uh, I'm coming from New England. Um, I didn't. I didn't expect to uh, get called. Uh, get in. You're on. Made it. Is it Kyle or is it Burke? I'm kind of. Uh, I'm not Kyle, sure right? who this is. Yeah, I'm not sure who, who this is. Uh, trying to tell based on the screen. Yeah, my name is Kyle. Okay, uh, Kyle, okay. go ahead. Yeah, you're up. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the show Lost? And also, what do you think about J.J. Abrams' take on on or, or not not uh, his but like uh, have, uh you know I'm sure you've seen Lost, but. Based on like the show, I want to call in, like, ask about your idea on uh, or your, your thoughts on the show loss, and if JJ Abrams was maybe at some wild stuff with the uh, plane crashes. Yeah, like, I think that loss predates. Yeah, loss predates for, for sure. sure. But Manifest was one that came out after. I have seen Lost. I have not seen Manifest. Uh, Lost. I think the first season was great, and then it's just all pretty much downhill from there. Yeah. Um, also, didn't like the ending at all of Lost. I thought that. I remember I was listening to all the podcasts that the the creators were. I think it was Damon Lindelof is his name. And they kept just saying, no, no, it's not purgatory. It's not purgatory at the end. It's like, oh, it was purgatory the whole time. And you're like, okay, great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think that uh, the idea that like in Manifest, one of the things is like the plane disappears and then supposedly comes back in the future. 
And that's really interesting because time dilation is real. So if this plane, like, let's say, went to another, maybe it goes to Alpha Centauri and comes back at the speed of light, then it actually could well, come back like years in the future. Go ahead. And would those people be aged? No, because in their perspective, how it works is you have different frame of reference. So from their perspective, it might go either instantaneously or might seem like only a few days passed or that only, um, you know, depends on the speed, if they're going faster than the speed of light or not. But that's how time dilation is pretty weird. So like in the movie Interstellar, this is how you can learn how time dilation works. Matthew McConaughey goes to a planet that's right next to a black hole. And because there's so much mass in the black hole, his time slows down. And then the space station that's further away from the black hole, if they were looking at Matthew McConaughey, it's going to look like he's going in slow motion. And so when they get off the planet after like an hour, they get back to the space station and 20 years have gone by. This is how time dilation works. Uh, the more mass that you have, the slower you go, the more mass you're next to. Similar with respect to moving at the speed of light. The faster you're moving, the faster your time is flowing. Uh, so it looks like you're moving at super speed to everybody else. So if this plane's mass reduces to zero, its time is being sped up like the space station. So if there, if Matthew McConaughey is looking at the space station, his time's going slow. The space station is going to look like it's going super fast. And this is how oh. the universe kind of auto-corrects itself. Can I, can I cut in for one sure. second? Go ahead, sir. Um, yeah, yeah. I just want to, um, did, so you, you, you went, I, I just want to like your like background, like academically, cause I'm, I'm an idiot. I went to, I went to university in Mastery. I dropped that right away, but I, you know, you seem like really smart. Like, a, like, ask, like, uh, like, like your background, like, yeah. Um, so, and, and don't call yourself stupid. I think that a lot of people, you know, everybody, in my opinion, that everybody has the same capacity and capability. You know, I think that if, anyone can be great at anything they want to be good at. I disagree 100%. I think. <laughs> For sure. That's the um, smart guy answer. Fucking stupid. Some people are dumb as shit. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah go ahead. Go, go ahead and answer that, though. I but, was curious. So, like, to answer the question, though, I, I actually graduated with a business major in general. Um, I just I didn't want to do anything too difficult. I just wanted to take kind of the easy road in general. Um, I'm a healthcare IT consultant. I work with databases, I work with computers. Um, you know, I, I guess you could call me an analyst. I call myself a database architect. But uh, what okay. my job is, is essentially understanding computer systems and then taking real life workflows and trying to get those uh, the computer system work very efficiently for those real life workflows. Um, and maybe that gives me a leg up in this. I don't really know. For um, The only reason why I seem to understand the science to the degree that I do is that I've been studying it for the last three months from physicists and engineers that have either I've reached out to or that they've come to me in my replies and helped me mm -hmm. to understand it. But I still have a very long way to go, to be honest with you. But what I've learned is this, and this is hopefully gives you some inspiration, is that it doesn't matter what your pedigree is or how many letters you have next to your name. That's not what makes an expert. What makes an expert right. is the people that put the time in to understand it. And I guarantee you, even you or anyone else can understand this stuff as well. It just takes time going through it. And if you were to follow along yeah. our streams, like, you know, you might find that you become extremely smart. Well, yeah, I, I'm not like I, uh, you know, like I studied, you know, I, I didn't study that hard. I, I graduated like a decent, like, you know, GPA, but mm -hmm. you know, right. I probably smoked too much weed in like yeah, high that'll, school, but. That'll do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you have any other questions there, Carl? Um, uh, after the lost episode, like kind of question. <laughs> I'd rather give it off to another uh, another right. uh, caller. 
Well, thanks, appreciate Kyle. It. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, I was. Just, and so, what exactly triggered you getting into this whole thing three months ago? So, three months ago, you just were like, had heard of this, and that was that. It's yeah, so thing, I have always ever. been interested in plane crashes because I am extremely afraid of flying, and I've always been extremely afraid of flying. And my job has actually had I've had to fly a lot for my job. I used to fly every single week for seven years straight. Um, I've actually probably flown more than most people ever will in their lives. Um, and I, I still have been afraid every single time. Um, and so that's why I've looked into them. I Even before I saw these videos, I knew there was something wrong with MH370. There's no way the United States government was not tracking a rogue 777 in a post-9-11 world. Um, I didn't know we would get to the depths that we did with this. And the true reality, I, I'm always 100% open and, and honest about uh, everything related to the case is... I saw the videos. We got to the point where we, the in the community, had essentially proven that what we were looking at in this in the satellite video is a Citrix session with this mouse over the screen logged into the actual spy satellite database. When we got to that point, I said to myself, "Well, if this is real, we'd be able to prove everything to be real, right? It should be that everything checks out to be accurate to what the real story of this plane is." And I think we're at that point now where it does check out to a degree where it just, if this is a hoax, then they hoaxed it to the degree that it, this is really what happened. Um, but yeah, the reason but why like I chose insane yeah. attention to detail, like the mouse cursor, yes. all this stuff is the mouse cursor changes colors when it goes over the clouds or over the water as well, where it's like what the amount of detail added to this is just, and that's and like, not I even guess the question the is for what? Yeah. And for what? With no credit that they ever wanted? They didn't want to collect $150,000? Like, you know, they so could again, have come through and said, like, I'm the guy who made it. I just was dicking And all they around. had to do was just have the files, which, of course, you're going to still have these files. If you created these masterpieces, you're going to have these from 10 years ago. Uh, so for me, though, it was like I've looked at it and I went, huh, I want, somebody needs to speak up and be the face of these videos because I was extremely compelled when I saw the second one. And I remembered seeing the first one 10 years ago or nine years ago. And, you know, back then I didn't, I didn't know it could be real. Um, and then I looked at my own background and went, huh, why, why shouldn't it just be me? You know, um, I have a security clearance with the government that takes away a lot of the discrediting capability that people do. I thought about Bob Lazar, who I, I think Bob Lazar probably is telling the truth, but even if you don't think he's telling the truth, whatever, but you looked at him and you realize, huh, what they do is they discredit people, right? They don't, they might kill people, but in general, they can't kill people. They're too high profile. They have to just discredit them. They have to. You know, for Bob Lazar, they potentially just destroyed his uh, school records, which would have been on paper, would have been easy to destroy them. Yeah. And then everybody's just going, well, he didn't really graduate. We can't trust anything he says, right? Even though he like clearly worked at Los Alamos, um, you know, there's like little news articles about it. So, um, you know, I, I realized that, okay, well, the security clearance will get rid of a lot of the, the debunk stuff that people would discredit me for. And it's not impossible to discredit me, but I realized too that, you know, if I can build a momentum on social media, then maybe we can make something happen. And that's where we're at now. You know, I think that I look back, it's even incredible to me that I've got 72,000 followers. I'm like, this is more followers than like any of your state representatives that are like, you know, not congressmen or senators. Yeah, they yeah, don't have this many followers. There's people that have been on TV like dozens of times that have less followers. For sure. Um, and I think this just goes to show the weight of the evidence. So my approach has always been to make it as credible as possible, even though we're dealing with literal technology that people seem to think is magic and that people want to say that it's aliens, which anybody who's trying to say that I think it's aliens is just a straight up liar. Um, and 
you know, if we presented a scientific method, which is here's all the evidence, let me just lay it out and let's just, and even now I realize too, I should be streaming everything I'm doing so people can literally watch in real time. And that's what I've been doing for the last, Yeah, I don't you were know, doing that just, just before this, right? You were just, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I just, just I do that, that because is... I want people to be fully transparent, right? So they can yeah. see exactly how it's playing out. Um, and that way it makes it much more difficult to discredit me and discredit the case. And now, I mean, you see the discrediting, literally nobody is refuting the evidence. No one is. Right. Um, and I don't think anybody even has. I I've got like these grifter YouTubers who are trying to like leech off of me. Right. And trying to either dunk on me for views and all this stuff. And it's just it's disgusting. If you're one of these people like you are a terrible, terrible person. Like I'm and literally just trying just to get like the truth fake, of the video. Right? Like all they say, not just that they're not even saying it's like they're just yeah they're saying it's a fake or whatever. Like the two lines of attack are like Ashton's a grifter, which is the most nonsensical thing ever because I make more money at my job in one week than I have throughout this entire process. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other sure thing people is, people out there, podcasting is not as lucrative as you think it is. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm not doing it for the money either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but you know, if I lose my job, maybe I'll have to just fall back on it. Sure. Um, do people at yes, your work know what you're up to with all this stuff? Uh, a few people that I've told only select, but surprisingly few. Like I thought, especially when I did the Alex Jones interview, I was a little worried that people were going to be like yeah, yeah. reaching out to me and, and stuff like that. But like, I'm actually glad that it hasn't hit that level of uh, whatever fame or whatever it is. But the the lines of attack are just are very just, I don't know, it's boring. Like find something new, guys. Find a new line of attack. But there's not much that people can attack me with. Like right away when I revealed my name people dug into my entire background of like, course yeah, like stalker yeah. level nut job stuff um so yeah i mean it's it's the attacks are, are slight i think that if this these videos are real then what we're dealing with with this conspiracy is that the government is desperate to keep this quiet like absolutely desperate yeah uh, we got a call one moment please hello thanks for calling low value mail who am i speaking with yo what's going on danny it's chad, chad how you doing buddy nonsense right, because like um all right oh sorry ashton we, we got a call here uh yeah, let's take the call yeah chad you're on with ashton go ahead yeah how you doing there ashton hey how's it going chad i'm all right Sweet. so i was i didn't i'll admit that i didn't he i didn't uh catch the beginning of the show but i've been listening to you for a little while and uh so i hear i hear you you know talking about like the technical aspects a bit like about the actual crash and stuff like that. Yeah. But do you have like, uh, you know, like, do you have a theory as to why, like why it might have happened? Like, as opposed to how? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Chad. And thanks for following, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody follows it. I, I used to try to reply to everybody that posted, but it just got to the point where it was completely impossible. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that the situation here is that the lithium ion battery fire kind of explains everything. So first of all, these lithium ion batteries are super dangerous. They burnt up a bunch of planes before this. They ended up outlawing them because they were so dangerous. So it also explains the plane going dark because these lithium ion batteries are right near this uh, electronics bay. And then if the plane is on fire and it can't land and it's this dangerous event, the plane's basically doomed. So if the plane's doomed, then the motivation becomes apparent is that they're trying desperately to save the plane. And then the question is, okay, well... You know, do you really believe that the government is so good that they'll just save a plane? I mean, I hope if my plane's on fire, they orb me to safety. But, um, you know, I think that it would probably have to be like more reason than that, right? Like these engineers and scientists that are on board, you know, them being connected to the government, them being connected to this type of technology. 
that's probably the reason, right. but I, I can't say for sure. Like we have to force the government to give us an answer. Um, only they would know exactly why. Cause there's also this angle where like, what if this fire was intentionally set? What if somebody put some kind of device down there, which caused the fire to go off? And then this was all like an elaborate plot for them to steal these scientists, prevent them from going to China. Cause the reality is if this technology is real, whoever controls it controls the entire planet. Like you have perfect uh, military supremacy of the world. And if that's the case, then I could definitely see the government being like, it's worth it to set China back even like 10 years. Right. Cause you want to have this advantage as, as long as possible. It's like having a Trump card um, in, in cards, you know? So um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. It does. It's just. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's know, a lot to take in for answer. sure. This whole thing is. Uh, I mean, I, I, nobody on the yeah. show has an issue with uh, thinking that the government's lying or anything like that. <laughs> I, I don't think that that's a problem. But yeah, this one is. Uh, this one's a crazy one. Yeah, like because I just I don't know. Like I'm still getting into like, you know, like we talked about it before, Danny. Where I said like. I'm starting to feel, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm starting to feel like an ex-conspiracy theorist almost. <laughs> like, because, like, I feel like I was so open to these theories, like, back in the day. But, like, now, I mean, but, the you know, this plane thing, that's that's the one where it's like, you know, we just don't really understand. Yeah. And, I mean, again, the problem with this is, like, this, like I agree with probably a big part of Ashton. It's just, like, the motivation for making the video Right, because you're like dealing with a lot of like VFX people who are, or like you know, that's part of the yeah. thing, and essentially that's like a pretty difficult thing to make. Apparently, everybody's a VFX expert these days. If you go on, if you go on social media, right, right, right. You, you, like, they make you think that like seventy five percent of the people out there are VFX experts. Um, but yeah, I think that from both standpoints, it's like it's hard to understand how this could be fake, but it's also hard to understand like why are they risking this, right? Like. To me, this can't be about money. I know there's this conspiracy theory about the patents, but the patents don't work that way. Like they're not just because they're in one individual's name. The company still controls the patent. This can't be something about money. I've also read something about like gold in the planes. Definitely, definitely not about gold in the plane. Like a gold um, theft, like a heist, essentially. Yeah, it's like supposedly some kind of gold theft heist. Like this has to be about, in my mind, the intellectual property, the uh, technology that's at play, because you only risk this. Now, of course, the military would not have expected it to leak, though. Right. And this is part of the motive as well, right. is that potentially the person that leaked this didn't even know what they were looking at. Right. It's not like they tell the person who's in the spy plane, hey, it's time to release the Lockheed Martin orbs. Right. And so if so, if you're like a random person, a military person, and what I've been told from the inside is from sources, and I hate being the person who's like, oh, my sources say, but um, that there's like two sides and that most of the military doesn't even know about this technology. And that from the inside, there's a very select few. And some of them want the information to come out because they're getting older and they want their children and grandchildren to grow up in a better world. And the other side is going, no, this is too risky. It can't be leaked out. But what if the person who's on the spy plane thinks that they're looking at UFOs? Because my first reaction was, this is otherworldly, just like Danny, his first reaction. Right. Yeah, but then I, I dug it was kind of like some UFO thing too, where the early on, I thought, okay, this must be like... UFOs. Right. And so what if the person who's in the spy plane thinks that as well? Maybe that's the reason why the video says satellite video airliner and UFOs. Because they didn't tell the person that they leaked it to, oh, this is Lockheed Martin tech. They just thought it must be aliens. And then later on, right, get told that they go to jail and they're like, no, what you just did was you just gave away our our Trump card, right? You weren't supposed to re reveal this. Um, to me, that kind of makes sense as to why it would get leaked. Because the person that leaked this, if these are leaked videos, 
The person that leaked this was a patriot. This was not a spy. They're cropping out like sure. the drone. They're removing the HUD data. They're getting rid of everything that could be sensitive, right? They're trying to give the minimum amount of information to be able to solve what happened to the plane. Um, so it tells a whole story, not just of what happened to the plane, but it tells a story of who the leaker might be as well. And that's how we were able to find Lieutenant Commander Edward C. Lynn, who checks every single box to be the leaker. I mean, the fact if it's not him, why has he not reached out to me to tell me to stop blasting his name all over social media on every single appearance I've been doing? Right. Uh, this guy's in prison. That's true. He came he, out. Uh, he got out like probably a year or two ago because he okay. got three years. Have you made any attempt to go find him to contact him in any way? I'm not going to show up on his door, but uh, we found a phone number that had a pretty strong likelihood of being his phone number. Called the phone number. Somebody picked up and hung up immediately, which is weird because I, if it goes to voicemail, then you know it's going to be like, this is Edward C. Lynn's phone number. Leave me a message, right? Yeah. Um, and so I sent him a right. message because the reality is for me, if this guy is legit, he's my hero as well. Somebody to make this sacrifice and, and leak these videos, even if they thought it was UFO videos, like people in the UFO community, this is what they've been claiming is like, we need somebody to go to prison in order to leak some classified videos, right? So if these are real, then this guy's my hero. And I told him that, told him I would use all my money, all my influence, if you want to call it that, like, you know, followers um, to help him out. But the reality is because he took a plea deal, he would go back to prison if he spoke. Even I don't even know if he could become a whistleblower. My guess is that Probably his not. plea deal would also prevent that. Plus, I think they just convinced right. him that what he did was wrong. And if they convinced him what he did was wrong, then he spent six years in prison. Like, can you imagine the mental state of somebody where we've got these videos, everybody's ignoring them and you spend six years in prison, come out like the last thing I'd want to do is talk about it again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Especially if that's what he went to jail for. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. all right, Chad. Anything, anything else you got? Nah, it's, it's super interesting though tonight, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Chad. Chad. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's take another call here. One moment, please. Thank you again, uh, Ashton. This is really cool. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Hello. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hello? Why they took down the subreddit? Yeah. They oh. didn't even give us a legit answer. I mean, I think that we need to have the Reddit files like we had the Twitter files. I would guarantee you the government controls Reddit yeah. 100%. Uh, hold, 100%. Uh, hold on the uh, second action. I'm going to take a call. Hello. Oh, there's. Hey there. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Nope. All right. Hey there. Who am I speaking with? Oh, there we go. Oh, hello. hello. Oh, hey there. You you are on with Ashton. Who am I speaking with? Hey, I was just uh, I'm the one usually calls me for bathhouse. Um, I had oh, seven. Two questions. Uh, one a little more comedy focused is Ashton aware about Jocelyn Chia? Uh, oh yeah, Jocelyn Chia is college. this uh, comedian who did a joke about MH370, and then like the Malaysian oh, yeah. government was like speaking about it in their like parliament. Really? Well, I'll look into that. Yeah, she's sure. she's Malaysian, I believe, or Singapore. Oh, or she's from that. Singapore. She's Singaporean. Uh, I lived in Singapore. Yeah. yeah, she's from Singapore. Her name is Jocelyn Chia. She's a comic in New York, and she did a joke that went went viral, and then like literally the whole country of Malaysia, like like the sorry the Singapore government, which she's like, was this recently. No longer, this is like probably six months ago in the summer. Like, it was oh, like an yeah. international scandal, like in their country. Oh, God. Because she just, oh, joked, we're definitely going to play this joke. clip on my Twitter later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just made some joke about it. 
Uh, so I guess the answer is no. Um, no, I hadn't heard about that, but I, I lived in Singapore, so I can't believe I didn't hear about this. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. They were like at the highest levels of government. They were like talking about her joke, basically, and how they're like, she doesn't live here anymore. They're, you know, they're, Maybe that's like, what I need to do is just make a joke about MH370. Maybe that'll get enough <laughs> attention from the government to make a claim on it, huh? Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, I, I think Danny explained it that uh, the Malaysians got really upset because Singapore and Malaysia used to be one. But that, but when they split, it was obvious which country did better. But yeah, that's like the whole joke. But uh, no, my question was more so of uh, regarding both MH370 and uh, I think you guys early, mentioned earlier the MH17, the mm-hmm. Singapore Airlines that got shot down over Ukraine. It, yeah. What, what is, have, have, have you heard anything about how both flights had scientists who were like on the breakthroughs of AIDS? research like they were like almost about to have like the age cure like, yeah i've heard about flights, that i they... don't think there's any validity to those claims i haven't found anything from the investigation also both planes were malaysian airlines and i don't think singapore broke off from malaysia it used to be a, a, a british colony uh beforehand um and i lived there like uh 20 years ago so it wasn't recently but um i do like singapore and you are correct that singapore does a lot better than malaysia um, having lived in Singapore, Singapore is uh, it's a it's a tiger economy they call it, which means it's very authoritative. But mm-hmm. it's a really nice place, honestly. Um, I prefer America, but I, I like Singapore. All right, and then what other previous instances of uh, planes mm-hmm. going missing have, like in historical terms, like you know, everyone talks about Bermuda Triangle, but what else, like other plane disappearances? to you have seemed like the most similar to what you focus on the most at 370. Hard to say. Like, I honestly, people send me a lot of stuff. I think there's like what Frederick Vaughn, I can't remember his name. There's, there's a few that are like it, but there's nothing like, I I, I try not to tie it to anything else because the reality is these videos are already too much. I honestly wish that there wasn't orbs and a zap in these videos. I would be happy just getting to the answers that this is MH370. Yeah. Um, and the orbs and the zap make it far too much for most people to be able to comprehend, right? I think unless you're in the UFO community, like this is this is just too much. I still have people, even though I've literally for three months been saying, I think it's human technology, our technology, people still defame me and claim that I'm a UFO guy or that I think it's aliens, which I literally do not think that, even though I'm happy for people to think whatever they want. Um, have any... But, have but, any uh... Flat Earther, have any flat earthers try to reach out to you? I uh, know, kind. No, not yet. And realize, I definitely think the Earth is round. It actually needs to be round for the science to work. So, um, I'm I'm definitely not a, a flat earther at all. So the flat uh, earthers are detractors of yours, is what you're but saying. But again, here's the thing too: is that um, I'm also not a, not kind of the kind of person that's going to go around and tell somebody what they think is fake, like the vitriol that has been pushed my way is very unusual because if I think something's fake, like flat earth, I I never go around and start harassing flat earthers and going, you're an idiot. You're wrong. And here's why you're wrong. Like, I just don't care. Like it just doesn't impact me in any way, shape or form, which goes to show you that the people that are coming at me, like they're like, this is bothering them. Like the idea that this could be real, like actually like breaks their minds to a degree, right. Where they feel like they have to, um, kind of come at me and antagonize me. In fact, there's a few people in the chat as well, right? Where it's like, the only reason why they're here is because it just upsets them. If they thought it was fake, they wouldn't even be bothering. Um, yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I agree. Like, I've had a guy, this guy, Flat Earth Dave, on the show, and he told me his thing, and I'm yeah. like, I don't believe it. But 
not like. But so what? It's harmless, know, right? Asking like, questions, but yeah, it's totally harmless. Like he doesn't work in fucking engineering or some shit where he's like an actual like danger. <laughs> and even thing. if he did, it's like it's you know, it's, if it's flat, there's <laughs> fake. It's not like you're gonna be able to make a a vehicle that can't fly or something. So or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess. And 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 you said and you said earlier because I was going in and out earlier in the beginning of the episode. You said you don't ever want to fly in a plane, right? Do you have like just apart from your work? Do you just have any other aspirations to? travel abroad i mean there are oh, really yeah. beautiful places like especially in the caribbean oh yeah you know places that are, are you can access by boat but it's just like <laughs> would you ever have a change of heart like you're like you know what maybe i will take a plane oh i still fly i take a plane i still fly i'm just oh, still okay. afraid of it oh, okay. so just yeah, to let you know like and first of all if it, you want to know the hierarchy i'm most afraid of lithium-ion batteries and then in my plane so please people do not put them in your cargo um, and then after that, I'm afraid of uh, the government orbiting my plane, you know, and then after that, I'm afraid of non-human intelligence orbiting my plane if it is. But that's the what I'm least afraid of, because you can avoid non-human intelligence, right? The government orbiting me scares me. But again, these lithium ion batteries are the most scary. But you, if I can fly, then you guys shouldn't be afraid to fly. I mean, the chances are still extremely do do any, low. Do you yeah. do any ritual? Like, you know, some people like to take a Xanax, <laughs> some people like a few cocktails. You no, know, I sit there and just hold on to the plane, and I just imagine how I'm going to die on every single how, flight, how and that's... Uh, you're looking out the windows, just waiting for the orbs to show up? I just <laughs> waiting for the orbs <laughs> to show up, waiting for the smoke to come out from the cargo oh, bay. That, that would be um, no, I just come to terms with that this might be my last flight every single time, that, if you want to really know the truth. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I've, I've flown like... Oh, that's, like my, that's my thought every time. That's my yeah, thought every yeah. time. That's why I enjoy every single flight. I love flying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, all right, you just thanks, love the Colin. thrill? <laughs> thanks a lot sir uh yeah yeah i just had a flight the other yesterday or two days ago it was pretty pretty bumpy and they told us too they go it's gonna be they didn't you know like sometimes in midair it's like oh we got some turbulence before we took off they're like this oh, is yeah. gonna be a bad one everybody <laughs> they just yeah there's been a few it. where i'm sitting there i'm like well this is it the plane's like shaking up and down and yeah, they, yeah there's just like a woman next to me just looking at her watching a movie on her ipad completely unaffected i'm like i'm sitting here sweating like oh man yeah, that's what you got to do. All right, I got another call here. One moment, please. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Hello. I don't know what's going on today. People are doing this. Hello. I'm going to hang up on them. Hello. All right. Let's try this one here. Hello. I'm just calling low value mail. Who am I speaking with? I assume I know hey, who this going? is. Yo, what's going on? Tony Scarboni. One moment, please. I'm going to patch you through. And here we go. All right, Tony, you're on with Ashton Forbes. Go ahead. Ashton, hey, man, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. I want to know, I keep uh, my friends. And Can you speak up a little bit, brother. Tony? Uh, yo, my help. Oh, yo, yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My friends and conspiracy people like to talk about quantumness and quantum watches and quantum technology, and yeah. they like to throw that word around like it's the buzzword <laughs> of the year, like AI. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is? I'm getting tired of that. What does quantum mean? Yeah, good question. I think a lot of people wonder if these quantum computers are really all they shake out to be, but. When we talk about quantum in general, we're talking about quantum mechanics. And if you want to know what quantum mechanics really means, you need to Google the double slit experiment. This is really where when I saw the double slit experiment, I realized there's more going on in this reality than we believe on the surface than what CNN will tell you on TV. 
Um, and just to kind of give it, uh, give an explanation for it is that if we shoot an atom, think of like taking an apple and throwing it at a wall where there's two slits in the wall, the apple is going to go through one of the two slits or it's going to hit the wall. But if it goes through one of the two slits, then we would be able to figure it out based on where it hits, uh, when it goes through the slit. Um, so say that there's two slits and then there's a second wall and we see where the apple splats against the second wall. And from that, we can tell which slit it went through. Now, when we do this with the atoms, something weird happens. Or if we do this with the photons, which is one kind of a tiny bit of light, then we, instead of getting two slits on the back wall, we get an interference pattern. Yes, you get get many of them. And what that means is it's a wave. Like if you were to take a wave of water and you have it go against the slits, then it would go through both slits and it would create an interference pattern. But the weird thing that happens is that if we try to look after we see this interference pattern and figure out, okay, wait, how did that work? Like, which slit did it go through? It went through both of them at the same time. And we try to look using a detector. The moment you put the detector there, the pattern changes. All of a sudden, it becomes two slits on the back walls if you were throwing the apple through now. How can it be that just observing the experiment changes the outcome of the experiment? In my mind, this is like the universe is being aware of itself. And what this leads to is something called non-locality. Non-locality is a fancy word for reacting faster than the speed of light. And this is also what leads to what we call quantum entanglement and quantum teleportation. Because the idea here is that somehow the universe is reacting faster than the speed of light. And then what this means is that if you can kind of reverse this process, you can get to a point where you can teleport information. In fact, just today, I think that there was an article from Nature where they literally teleported a picture without sending the data, right? Where they just made the picture appear through quantum teleportation. And the way they refer to this when we are looking at the double slit experiment is that the act of observation breaks down the wave function. So again, we we think it's a wave when it's going through and we don't look. And when we do look, it's not acting like a wave anymore. You could also explain this as the particle is going from a probabilistic point, because when we look at the wave pattern, it's probability based. Um, that means that the most common place where like the, the strongest lines, the most, um, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for here? The most luminescent lines where it hits is near the middle. And then it, it kind of it curves off uh, in a probability chart. So it's almost like it's trying to figure out where it hasn't hit yet and where the most likely spot it should hit. But when we look, the wave function breaks down and now it's a deterministic point. It's going through either the the right slit or the left slit. Now imagine reversing this process. If you reverse the process and now let's say we have a plane flying in the air, we know where the plane's going. And now we turn it into a wave function. Now the plane is anywhere we need it to be. This is the idea behind unifying quantum and macro. The idea is that we can have a macro-sized object, an object that we can see with our eyes, have the same function and same properties and behaviors that a microscopic, or not even microscopic, because microscopic means you can see it through a microscope, but a quantum object, something that's extremely tiny, like the size of one atom. And this is interesting because what it leads to is this idea that there isn't a difference between large things like a star or even like a neutron star and a atom, that the only difference is the properties And if you can have the properties of an object that's macro size, have the same properties of something that's quantum, then you can have the same behaviors, the same properties of them. They can function the same way, which quantum objects have no mass. We can get them to move at the speed of light. 
And this is the same idea of uh, the, the in the case of mass reduction of the plane. If you can have the 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 plane become like a quantum property, its mass is reduced to zero, and its speed as time speeds up, and now it can move at the speed of light, or like the wave function, like the non-locality that we see in the double slit experiment, it can even move faster than the speed of light. Um, and that's I think that what it, people talk about when they talk about quantum mechanics. So if anyone doesn't believe that's real, all you need to do is go watch the double slit experiment. And if you can figure out how the double slit experiment is, then you've got a Nobel Prize waiting for you. Uh, to date, nobody has collected that Nobel Prize. Huh. It, but like, will that plane, wherever it's go, whatever destination or wherever it's going to, will it appear as the same plane with all the same people and the same things in it? Or does it then Good become question. something different? So if for inertial mass reduction, um, some of these scientific uh, patents that come from Salvatore Pius, as well as there's some wormhole papers that kind of uh, broach the same scientific theories. If you Google popular mechanics, wormhole papers, they argue that you can create a double-sided shell around an object. And the idea is that the stuff inside the shell won't be impacted by what's happening outside the shell. And so theoretically, and this is again, just total theory, and I'm pretty much speculating because this is already deep enough, is the idea is that you can have the overall object act like a wave function, achieve those pro those uh, speed of light properties, but from within it, you're, you're going to have a different frame of reference. So for the people inside, it's just going to feel, you're not going to feel any of the gravitational effects. You're not going to feel the speed of light. Um, so again, if, if this is happening, we're already kind of cheating in a video game. So we might as well cheat a little bit more and make it so that the people inside don't feel anything. And that's what these wormhole papers say, is that you can create a double-sided electromagnetic shell around an object that can essentially protect the people on the inside so they're not going to get liquefied and is from that this the acceleration. I don't think that's what the orbs are, but they may be inducing that. So okay. or that's what again, doing. I can't say for sure. for sure. I would say that it's already pretty looking pretty grim for the passengers on board this plane before we even get to this point. Um, and if it's experimental, then like the Philadelphia experiment, which is actually somebody asked earlier, what's a similar experiment? Philadelphia experiment is probably the closest one. This was in the 40s. And there's like pictures, I don't know if they're real or not, of like people trapped inside the wall of the of the boat of the this the USS, uh, was it Roosevelt? I can't remember. Um, so and then that would be what you'd be afraid of, right? Is that if you don't have this electromagnetic shell that's protecting the people inside the plane, which doesn't necessarily have to be a bubble, it can probably be any shape you want it to be. Um, then most likely those people are going to uh, not survive this uh, journey. But it, I don't think they would be like different people. But who knows? Honestly, it depends on if you believe in stuff like string theory. Um, and that if it goes to like a different timeline or something like that. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about say. that because it's a possibility. Um, I guess my last question, and thank you so much for answering and uh, mm -hmm. great, great tonight, Danny, um, is those, my, those crazy, my crazy people say that we're like, like, I don't know, within striking distance, like six years of like having this technology available to the public. Now yeah. it sounds like it's being experimented upon with governments, but like really and truthfully, we're probably many more years away from that, aren't we? Like there's probably a lot of people of interest who like wouldn't want stuff like this to be in public hands. Kind of like how Jack, chat GBT, something like chat GBT. Well, they probably wanted just military only. Yeah. What I've been told is that we might've had this for decades. Now, my opinion is that based on the Lockheed Martin patents, it probably like just from an evidence standpoint, if we had this technology, we probably got it around 2010, 2011, somewhere in that range. But there's mm -hmm. people that have told me, hey, we've had this for more than 10 years, maybe maybe decades. 
Um, but I, my personal opinion is this will never be revealed within our lifetimes. It's just, I think it's too dangerous. The only way it would get revealed is if it, another incident like this happens where it gets used and it's undeniable and then the public figures it out. But from the public, just from what I've weighed from the public and how people have, you know, how angry people have gotten about it and stuff like that. I think we're a long way off from getting to a consciousness level where we can believe this type of technology is real. And I think this is what holds up UAP disclosure in general. The people that want UFO disclosure, UAP disclosure, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. It's it's not going to happen. Uh, if this technology is real, it's a national defense situation. And they're, they're trying to keep it secret, not just because society will collapse. I mean, the whole Middle East is dependent on oil and overnight, you know, power, new power systems would come out that would change the entire world. That part is, yeah, sure, it's disruptive, but it's not going to end civilization. The stuff that would end civilization is if, like, let's say ISIS terrorists have the ability to create uh, a weapon that can destroy the whole planet. That's what would end civilization. And that's what I think the, the people that are hiding this are really afraid of. And I also don't think they're afraid that religious people are going to lose their minds. In fact, I think it's the opposite. The religious people will absorb these beliefs and reconcile them and will realize that if the universe is aware of itself, it means we live in a construct, which means that there's a potentially a creator. And then that becomes completely yeah. consistent with faith, right? The people whose minds get broken are the CNN brain people, the people that think that, oh, all this is magic, this can't be real, blah, blah, blah. Like Those are the people that are going to have complete meltdowns. And those are the people that are going to be, you know, we actually have to worry about what they'll do to themselves because they'll think that, oh, none of this matters. I'm just going to go. I'm an avatar body and I'm going to go on to the next world. Right. Um, that's what I think we have to be afraid of there. So that's just my opinion, though. All right. All right, Tony. It really, seems like, it really seems like technology has exploded in the last 50 or 60 years since yeah. uh, Area 51 and nuclear weapons and all that yeah, shit. Yeah. But um, all right, thank you so Tony. much. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll say about that technology too is that, you know, listen to JFK's moon speech, man. Like, that's when I listen to his moon speech, I think, man, this is a guy that potentially knew the secrets of all the technology and everything. And they just silenced him because they were afraid that he would reveal it all. I mean, yeah. he talks about how fast that we have advanced when he's talking about going to the moon. And when you think about it from those time scales, you think, man, we have advanced a lot. Like, it doesn't feel like a natural amount of advancement. It feels like, We've potentially even had technology slowly dripping out to us over the last 80 years um, and that we've been getting a lot more advanced than we would have naturally. But uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I you you just sure. lost like 15 percent of the people listening to this who don't believe we went to the moon. But um, so how do you how do you see this? Do you have in your mind a way that your journey with this ends? Is there either. Uh, like a debunking that is just, you're like, I can't argue with that, the, maybe the person who made the video, or is there, on the other side of it, if this is truth, like, does this only end with governments admitting to this? Or, well, like, my concern like, like, now is that you just keep doing this for the rest yeah. of your life? I'm not going to do it for the rest of my life, no. <laughs> um, I mean, eventually the science will catch up, right? The science will catch up, and when the science catches up, then people will realize that the science is going to check out in the videos. That's my true opinion. Um, or, you know, what will happen is another leak will happen and there will be a leak that will show this technology that will corroborate the events. We're already seeing orbs everywhere. And my opinion is a lot of the orbs we're where seeing now. We are, seen, where else are we seeing? Oh, in the zeitgeist of UFOlogy, I mean, uh, there was even a video just yesterday that showed, I think people have decided it's a balloon, but, um, we've got a ton of orb videos, the mazel orb video as well. That are There's moving been, in that similar fashion. There's even ones where there's three lighting lit up orbs. One was actually of a, a plane that was flying either to or from Atlanta in 2013. 
Um, there's a lot that are similar to this. They're just not as compelling, right? Um, but in my mind, the only way it's going to end is the government has to issue a statement. If government issues a statement, then we will corroborate that statement, compare it to the evidence to see if it makes any sense. I don't think that they're allowed to lie. I think that they have to either deny or they have to tell the truth. Um, the problem I have now is that since we've had these elaborate scams, we really can't believe anything that comes from Reddit. Like these people are completely deranged to the point of committing actual felonies to try to make the case go away. So, you know, and so it's, it's really hard. Like I, there was even somebody who tried to claim that they made the videos, which was obviously bullshit. They didn't have any evidence or proof of it. Right. Um, and I would they even imagine the people, money, right. No, they didn't even try to collect the money either. It was, oh, they just um, it, I mean, they just, it was just complete bullshit. You just can't believe anything you read online. Right. Is the hard part. Um, and people are people are so deranged about this that they're willing to go to elaborate lengths to lie about it. Um, and they would have already collected the money. I mean, somebody faked these, they would have already pulled the evidence out and they would have collected the money. Um, so it's going to be hard, especially because if these videos are real, then the government's going to go to any lengths to cover them up. Um, posting fake stuff on the internet to try to cover it up is <laughs> is nothing compared to what they'd be willing to do. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if the next play, if this is real and genuine, would be to... Uh, create a version of the videos using AI that maybe removes the orbs or something like that, that, and then claim that this is, you know, backdate the metadata on it and claim that, oh, you know, this is the person who faked it or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, which I guess if somebody goes to that length, then maybe I'll, maybe I'll start to let it go. But the reality is we know the plane didn't crash into the ocean, right? So even if you took the videos away, and I think I said this on the Concrete Podcast, we don't even need the videos anymore. That's how much evidence and proof we found just from the videos leading us to other stuff. Like we found out about the Sibbers system, space-based infrared system, which proves that they had satellites in the air. We've proven that they had USA 229 staring at the location where the plane turned into the South Indian Ocean. So the U.S. government knows if it went in the South Indian Ocean or not. Yeah. And if they know it went to the South Indian Ocean, why did they give up on the search within a month? Right? right. It doesn't make any sense. And it, we've proven with the Sibbers system that they have literally geostationary satellites all the way around the earth staring at the earth every single location on the planet there's literally no way that they couldn't have seen the debris field like they have hubble space telescopes staring at the entire earth and low earth orbit satellites rotating around every 90 minutes every single spot on the planet we would have found the debris field the very next day right. so we know they're lying that's the easiest part the real question is is there really advanced hyper advanced technology that's being hidden from us so if the government wants to come out and admit that, yes, uh, we lied about MH370, here's what really happened, I'll probably let it go after that. Okay. It's not really, uh, I don't really care that much about the technology side of it, although I do. I want that to become, uh, get out, and I'm 100% sure it's out, real. Essentially. All yeah, right, we're going to take one more call, and yep. then we're going we're gonna to wrap it up one moment, please. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Yeah. There? Uh, hey, what's up? Hold on a second. Let me just... Uh, patch you through. Okay. Thanks for. I, I see you've been calling a million times, so I appreciate you keeping on trying. All right, you're on with Ashton. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I called it. I, I called it. I was the first caller too. Um, oh. okay, nice bookend. Sorry, man. Sorry, sorry to bug you, Danny. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Keep, I, I appreciate for people who try and get through. If you can't get through, keep trying. Um, I, I uh, so. I, I, this is what I have thought. Uh, Malaysia is an Islamic state. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I was wondering if you think MBS 
Mohammed bin Salman is uh, behind any of this, if you think. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't think so. This is far, far too advanced for uh, terrorism as well. And I think even early on, even in 2014, when I saw this happening, I just thought this is too complex for terrorism. You know, it didn't but make also, any they sense. Take, they take credit for it. That's like, yeah, they take they credit for shit credit they for don't yep. do. And what I'll tell people of this, too, this is uh, going to 9-11 related. So I was living, I had just moved back from Singapore uh, like a year after um, when 9-11 happened. And in overseas, Osama bin Laden was actually known much more because international news uh, is a lot better than American news. And it would report on stuff. American news only reports on stuff that happens in America usually. And then the stuff that you get from outside of America is very curated. We knew that Osama bin Laden was a threat because he blew up the USS Cole, um, which was probably 1999 or 2000. And this was widely reported in Singapore and uh, where I was living as well as all over the world. And so when 9-11 happened, actually, and I don't know if people believe this or not, but I immediately went, Osama bin Laden did this. Um, that was literally what I said to people who were my friends right away. Um, and I don't know, maybe that was just that he was a scapegoat if you are a conspiracy theorist, but I tend to believe that, you know, he, he was responsible for that and it was a low effort hijacking. But even in those situations, they crashed those planes like right away. They had specific intent, right? It's not like they're flying the plane off to land it in the ocean. Like that doesn't make any sense. No. This is what hijacking right. MBS, has, MBS has more money than, than you can print. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah but again, the what's, the, what's the motive? Like you got to think Motive. Yeah, the question is, what's the motive, right? Like, if they are, it's, it's a hijack. To fuck, to fuck with the general public, they don't give a fuck. Nah, I don't, I don't know if that's public. like just some crazy prank to just make a plane. Yeah, that's that's too weird. Show. You would crash the plane into something, right? You're gonna. That's that's what you're gonna do, especially if you're, you know, Islam in Islam as well. That a big part of the terrorism is suicide bombing, right? That they believe they get they teach they teach and they would propagandize the youth into thinking. Uh, to kind of quote Wait, the whole, they, they, they're gonna get 72 versions. I mean, yeah, yeah, 72 they, they, versions does sound very nice, <laughs> doesn't sound bad, yeah, yeah. but um, no, I, I don't think it is. Although, you are right that uh, Malaysia is a Islamic uh country, and that uh, even when I lived in Singapore as well, the Israeli kids I went to school with didn't have their pictures in the yearbook because they were afraid of the death squads in uh, Malaysia. And uh, the United States government actually wasn't very friendly with Malaysia either, which is why when Obama visited, it was the first time a president had visited Malaysia in 50 years. So it's very unusual. Well, what, uh, wasn't Kim Jong-un the kid? Wasn't he murdered in Malaysia too? Uh, not sure, honestly. Like, you mean the... Yeah, um, Kim, Kim Jong-un, like the heir, the, the yeah, heir the after he like died. the brother or something? Uh, no, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah there was like it, some poisoning yeah, was or something. Wasn't it the brother? That, yeah, there was like... Yeah, there was like a point. It was like he was poisoned or something. And I've been to Malaysia. Malaysia is yeah, no, I think, Malaysia's a nice straight? country, beautiful country. I think country, he, got, but I think he straight up shot. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty I thought sure he got straight up shot. Yeah. Anyways, um, all right. Yeah, thanks, caller. Like, he was like the brother. Thanks, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, thanks. We're going to wrap it up. All right, that has been the show. Uh, thank you again, Ashton. I, I really appreciate yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, taking the time. Uh, where can people find you? Where's the best place for them to keep yeah. up with, with with your work? Yeah, um, the best places are on YouTube and uh, Twitter right now. I'm thinking about switching over to Kick. I don't know if it's better for streaming or not, honestly. Um, but yeah, just YouTube? at... YouTube's yeah. the best. 
Is it? Okay. Yeah, At yeah. Just X Ashton, both on you on Twitter and on YouTube. I uh, haven't been posting much on Instagram, but I'm gonna I plan on doing more short videos where I can get them onto Instagram as well, like explainer videos on the drone. Cause I really think the drone video is one of the most compelling by far, honestly. Um, and yeah, you guys can follow along. I've been streaming pretty much every single night, honestly, on YouTube. And we've got a really awesome community of people. We do a bit of science. We do some investigation. Um, if I'm feeling spicy, then you might hear me uh, get spicy with uh, some of the YouTubers who try to talk smack. Sure. And uh, we do some memes as well. So nobody can out meme our community. Um, so don't even try. Honestly, they are uh, ruthless. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun, honestly. And if people want to learn the, some of the science stuff, like honestly, don't nobody should put themselves down. I mean, I knew very little about the science as well, and I'm just trying to catch up. And if the videos are real, then we can reverse engineer the science ourselves and figure it out. And that's kind of the goal is if we can figure out how the science works, if we can create a gravitational wave, if we can create room temperature superconductivity or what they call high te temperature superconductivity, which is what we think is needed here, then we can force the government to come knock on our doors. That would be a fun achievement. Okay. Well, uh, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, watching. Definitely go follow Ashton everywhere. New episode of The Bathhouse tomorrow night, 10.30 p.m. And as mentioned, these live streams will come down immediately, but the full episode will be up tomorrow at noon. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, again, all of you, and we will see you all very soon. Good night. Thanks. Nigga, that just means I'm working. They see me as a leader, so that's why I'm Captain Kirkin. These charts from the stars, that much is for certain. You can feel this here if you up or if you hurt. I'm raising my stock, not talking my feet and some burkin. Number Johnny Five got a fucking short circuit. Bring the track to life when I speak phenomenal. When I hit, she feel that shit in her abdominals. These rappers make me laugh like comic be they comic do. You know I got a ball out, I hit the track running just like Sonic do. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, they was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. Turn on my light switch. Yeah, now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ah. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Uh. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, they was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah.